0: Live from the 607, it's the Ocho Duro parlay hour where we're talking everything going on in the world of sports. Join in the conversation on social media with the hashtag ODPH, because here we go.
1: Instead of deep inside, every word I have to say, keep it
0: Welcome to an all-new edition of the ODPH podcast. Better known as the Ocho duro parlay hour what is happening everybody thank you so much for joining us this week my name is ken m joining me in studio as always you know him he's the co-host wait for it wait for it. his name is padawan J. let me talk to you yeah uh
2: unlike some folks uh certain alleged mafia members in new jersey my appearance fee has not doubled
0: this is true allegedly otherwise the patreon is going up folks because we have to make sure that we keep uh pads pay level up to date here boy do we have a lot to talk about in this fusion edition of the odph it's the holiday time so obviously schedules are a little crazy (laughs) to to say to put it mildly to say the least so we're giving you the best of sports pro wrestling movies tv comics and more that only the odph can And during the week, obviously, we'll be checking out the social media accounts. So, Pat, if everybody wants to find out where to go with the ODPH, where do they go?
2: odphpodcast.com.
0: I get so excited talking about the website. I know I mess up my words, but that's why we just say go to odphpodcast.com if you want to check out the social media links. We're always on there. We check everybody's messages. We interact with everybody. We encourage you to talk with us, too, because there's lots of other breaks in between the shows, and we definitely like having those healthy, positive conversations. So make sure to sign up, subscribe, do the thing, and obviously keep that conversation rolling. Also, remember to check out the Patreon link like we touched upon because if Pad needs his contract reworked, we need to make sure we can keep him on the show.
2: Looking for that Shohei Otani money. <laughs>
0: well, good luck, sir. I mean, the the downloads are up. The subscriptions are up. We can't say thank you enough for that. And especially to our patrons who are going the extra mile to support the brand. It absolutely means the world. I know I say that every time, but it's the truth. So you want to find out what's going on there, one tier, $2 a month, and boom, there you go. Also, check out the T Public store. What can we say? It's the holiday time, and I know that some people are picking up some ODPH swag, which is amazing. So thank you very much for that. If you want to find out uh, what we have going on over there, make sure to click on the link for the T Public store. Also, check out the blog section where we always have reviews dropping. The classifieds where you can find friends of the show, such as 3FM Podcast, Dragon Master Games, Nerd Initiative. Boy, I wish I could talk about a lot of things that are going to be happening in 2024 oh. there. I really do. I can't. But that's why I'm going to tell you, just click on the link, make sure you subscribe, share it with all your friends, and if you want to find out about more going on with the Home of Pop Culture Positivity, boom, right there you go. Also, you can check out the directory. Pat, how many providers are we on? Uh, 119,000. I actually got an email that we're on a couple new ones that I'm not familiar with, so we just say, if you want to find out where the ODPH is, boom, we have the directory. It'll take you to the most popular sites that... are In podcasting, we're always on there. We're always checking out and interacting if there's comments left. So you definitely want to make sure you drop those five-star reviews. It does help the algorithm out a lot. Also, the music section, which has uh, you know, such great musicians as Shout at the Robots, Tom Jolu, Second Suiter, Floodlands, and Brian Wolf and the Howlers, which Brian is planning on making a big show in the 607 in the upcoming weeks. That's what I heard. Yeah, that's what we're catching wind of. So there's something going on. Maybe Brian will grace us with his presence. We'll
2: say uh, Brian Wolf shows, typically when he comes here to the 607, uh, standing room only. So if you want to get there and get a seat, get there early.
0: Yes. I think he's playing two shows, but that's why we have the updated links on the website. So you can go check it out if you live locally. If not, what you can always do is click on any of those musicians band camps. And download their music you know support them because yeah. they're, they're all fantastic Let's say if you're
2: going to be traveling in the air you know you're going to be have might have a layover you're traveling on the
0: ground you're gonna be sitting in
2: traffic you need something to listen to you've been listening to the same stuff maybe you work in in retail and you've been hearing christmas music non-stop for three weeks and you don't want to hear <laughs> you don't want to hear christmas music yeah, there you go. You, you got something new to listen to.
0: Exactly. So you definitely want to make sure you check that out. And like we say, for anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at odphpodcast.com. And always remember on the social media accounts to use the hashtag ODPHpod. Kicking off this special edition of the show, it's the NFL Week 15 recap that only we can do here. So it's locks and leaps time, Pad. Kick us off. Yeah, so we're going to talk one of my locks, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals to
2: defeat the Minnesota Vikings, which... Did they ever, and boy was this a game, winning by the final score of 27-24. to 24, Jake Browning, 29-42, 324 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. Nick Mullins, 26-33, 303 yards passing, two touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, for uh, Minnesota in rushing, it was Ty Chandler with 23 carries, 132 yards rushing, just one touchdown. For Cincinnati, it was Joe Mixon, 10 carries, 47 yards, one touchdown. In the air for Cincinnati, it was Jamar Chase with four catches, uh, 64 yards, no touchdowns, although we got to mention T. Higgins. Four catches, 61 yards, two touchdowns. One of them, going to call it right now, catch of the year.
0: Yeah, hands down.
2: Pro or college, don't care what, what uh, sport you're in. Best catch that I've seen this year. For Minnesota, it was Jordan Addison with six catches, 111 yards, two touchdowns. Also of note, Justin Jefferson, seven for 84 and no touchdowns.
0: Well... Tale of two teams right here. Uh Uh-huh. I guess we'll get the easy one out of the way. The Vikings, boy, this sounds like a broken record. Uh Uh-huh. Every year, they should be doing better than they are. All the promise in the world. And yet, they just find ways to lose when they should win. Uh Uh-huh. And it's a troubling stat that they have with this team. Obviously, there was a couple injuries this year. Yeah, Kirk Cousins, uh, namely among them. Mm -hmm. But this is, even with Cousins in the lineup, this is still the broken record. Yeah, and all not, the
2: promise, all the on paper should be really good, and yet.
0: And yet, mediocrity. And yet, I took them to win the NFC North. Well, whoops. You know, on paper, they should. They yeah. should be in that conversation yeah. between them and Detroit. Like, yeah. Honestly, if you want to go back to listen to the NFL Preview Edition shows, yeah. yeah, we all were saying Minnesota should be there, but Minnesota's going to find a way to not pull it off, and sure enough, they're doing it. Obviously, the uh, Joshua Dobbs experiment – Oy. That's done. We didn't even play. Yeah. So all of that being said, Minnesota is just going to be an average team at best.
2: I'll say. Currently, uh, looking at the standings in the NFC North, are currently seven and seven, uh, with the Detroit Lions running away with that division right now. Yeah. And then even if you flip it over to the playoffs, the Minnesota Vikings currently the number six seed.
0: Right, which... So they're in it, you know. They're in it, but for how long? And and that's the thing. I honestly don't consider them a real contender. No. They're in there because the NFC is the weaker conference. Right. To be honest with you.
2: Right. Well, and, and realistically, you know, any given Sunday, yada, yada, blah, blah, blah. You know, should they win a playoff game, you know, if and when they get there? Probably not. Could they? Yeah, because, I mean, right now, as we currently record, they are uh, slated to schedule or slated to play the three-seeded Lions in the playoffs right now in the first round. So, divisional matchup, playoffs, right. you never know. Should the Lions win? Yes. Could the, you know, could something happen? Sure. But, you know, on paper right now, I don't expect it.
0: I don't expect it either. Like I say, I'm just, I'm writing this team off right now. I, I understand they might be in the playoffs, sure, but they're going to be one and done.
2: Well, it's Justin Jefferson's contract. Because <laughs> I'm curious because, boy, you wonder how long he's going to be able to put up with this.
0: Well, that's the argument that they're going to really have to face because... Ooh-hoo, coming up soon. It's coming up very soon. Coming up soon. He signed a four-year,
2: $13.1 million contract. Uh, he's currently in the second to last year of that contract. So his la- uh, next year would be his... Uh, contract here Mm and in 2025 he is an unrestricted free agent
0: and i think he's gonna go hit the market Mm -hmm. to be honest
1: sorry oh wait
2: sorry no sorry this is uh one two three this is his last year so this could potentially be his last year there is a fifth year option available although according to spotrack.com it does not say if it's player or team
0: Well, I think that wait and see. He's gonna wait and see. Obviously, coming off injuries, that's gonna be one thing, but I think with his talent he can go somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I think if he does the Vikings a lot of
2: teams who would take his services. The
0: Vikings are gonna be in real trouble because they don't have Uh they don't I mean Addison is good, but he's not there yet.
2: Hawkinson's not bad, but he's not Justin Jefferson. No, he's a great tight end, but still he's he's
0: not gonna do it. But the bigger story here is how could you cut me? (laughs) how could you cut me oh boy jake browning is emerging as this year's matt flynn could be he's gonna make a lot of money somewhere else next year probably unless uh you know he stays as a backup he's making a very strong argument about what his worth is
2: yeah, well, he, and he's on a one-year contract for oh my god, this is criminal seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars. So this is if this is your audition tape uh, for other teams to even be a backup, mm-hmm. you know, it's a it's a hell of an audition because he's played in what is this one two three. Four, five, six games he's appeared in this season. Uh, He has 1,248 yards passing, which, hey, that's not bad. Seven touchdowns, three interceptions, sacked 13 times, although that's not on him. That's on the shitty offensive line that Minnesota has. uh, And a rating of 107.1. Yeah. So that's a hell hell of a resume you got there.
0: It's an amazing resume. And that's why I say he is the bigger story here. Yeah. That... He is willing, this team, and he's going to need a lot of luck, though, to keep them in that playoff contention. Uh-huh. The biggest uh, issue that the Bengals now have is Jamar Chase, I believe, is out the year.
2: Hey, that, that's entirely possible. Uh, let me pull Separated that Separated
0: shoulder, if I heard correctly.
2: Jamar Chase. Yeah, or, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll pull up the Bengals injury report. But other
0: than that, I mean, they played a gritty game. Higgins really stepped up. Like I say, when you have the best wide receiver core in all the league, it does help. But with Jamar Chase being out –
2: uh, according to ESPN.com, as we currently record, he's listed as questionable. And it says, quote, Coach Zach Taylor said Chase Shoulder won't take part in practice Tuesday, Charlie Goldsmith of the Cincinnati Inquirer reports. Hmm. So he's not out, you know, because if he was out, he'd be on injured reserve or whatever it is. Right. You know, or listed as out, but he's, he's questionable. So he could be doing, you know, the old Kobe Bryant play through the paint.
0: Well, I think if the Bengals are going to make a run, they, they're they going to need him. They're
2: going to need him, and they're going to need some help because they are currently in the third place in the AFC North, behind right behind those Cleveland Browns, and uh, obviously the Baltimore Ravens running away with that division. Uh, and for the playoff uh, standings, the Cincinnati Bengals are currently the number six seed, so they'd be playing, oh, God, the
0: Kansas City Chiefs. <coughs> yeah, they would definitely need him in there. Uh, but if Browning can still pulls it, pull this off, I mean, that's the big— Factor that they're going to have to deal with
2: can you imagine browning if, if like everything stays where it is mm-hmm. browning walks into arrowhead and knocks off kansas city holy cow
0: if he does that i guarantee you he's going to be the highest paid free agent next season because he's going to go somewhere
2: he'd be getting matt flynn money
0: oh well, seriously that's why there's a name for you when i see him that's why i think matt flynn yeah he's playing well and
2: how many teams now you know you can look at the jets you can hell you can look at both of these teams You know, Minnesota, Cincinnati, and all the, you know, even Indianapolis, you know, had their starter go down and didn't have at least a viable backup. Mm -hmm. You know, look at, look at, uh, not Carolina, uh, Arizona. Yeah. You know, Arizona missed theirs the start of the season, which nothing against the guys who backed up Kyler Murray and started in his place the first, you know, five, six games of the regular season. Mm -hmm. But if you had a good quarterback like Jake Browning is showing he is, or hell, even Flacco was sitting on the on the couch for how long before he, he got called up by Cleveland? You know how many guys? You know would it would it teams would it help to have that on your on your roster? Look at the Jets. The Jets lost Aaron Rodgers after four plays into the regular season and didn't have a viable backup. Sorry, is what it is when you look at those other two. quarterbacks. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Uh, other two quarterbacks and now they're out. They're mm. elim- They're eliminated. Whereas. If you'd have had maybe a Jake Browning or a Joe Flacco or somebody who, listened, they're not going to get you to the promised land, but they're at least going to keep you in contention, Mm.
0: would have helped. Definitely would have helped. That's why I say he's going to go somewhere next season and make a ton of money. I wouldn't doubt you have to take a look at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah. As crazy as it sounds with Atlanta, inner division. Yeah. Atlanta. Atlanta. Carolina. Oh, God, yeah. I mean, Carolina needs just a lot of help anywhere. Arizona, like you mentioned. Yeah. Hell, Tennessee. New England.
2: Yeah, I won't rule that out. Tennessee, especially since you don't know what the fuck they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, Commanders, maybe. No, commanders, I think are sold on on their guy. For that's now. true. He's leading the NFL in passing. Yeah, they're not gonna they're gonna have to go get him weapons before they, yeah. they they do anything there. Yeah, but that's the one thing with Browning that he's playing with such a chip on his shoulder. Like he's willing this team, and they're they're still producing at a high level. Yeah. Granted, this was a tough win overtime. Sure, anything could happen. But he's winning. Jake Browning connection to Marvin Harrison Jr.
2: Coming to a New England Patriots game near you. Could
0: happen. I would
2: love to see. I, I, listen, I, I don't care who the quarterback is. I would love to see Marvin Harrison Jr.
0: I'm just saying anything is possible there. But right. Brown, Browning has stolen the spotlight here. All right, Kevin Garnett. Yeah. I mean, I I was even trying to give you some karma. Just uh, trying okay. to. Just okay. Trying. Anything is possible. You never know. This is true. But, nevertheless, Cincinnati, gritty win. Yeah. Catch of the year. Yeah, catch of the year, and they just have to maintain this pace because obviously other teams are making some moves as well. Yep. But we'll have to kind of see how the schedules play out to see where they're going to go.
2: Yeah, so uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals, the final three weeks of the season, this upcoming Saturday uh, on NBC, 4.30 p.m., they are on the road playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. Then uh, week 17, which is Sunday, December 31st, so New Year's Eve, they they are on the road playing the Kansas City Chiefs. And then week uh, 18, which is Sunday, January 7th, they are at home against the Cleveland Browns. I can't tell you what time or where they're on because I think you're going to find out if you haven't looked at the schedule. Every week 18 is to be determined.
0: Yeah, because they're going to be making some moves.
2: Yep. Uh, And then for the Minnesota Vikings, this upcoming Sunday uh, on Christmas Eve, they are at home against the Detroit Lions then on new year's eve uh, they are at home against the green bay packers that'll be on sunday night football mm-hmm. and then week 18 they are at or excuse me on the road playing the detroit lions
0: hmm that that could be an interesting matchup depending on if the vikings are still in playoff mm-hmm. talk hmm have to watch that but like we say Cincinnati kind of controls their own destiny. Uh-huh. Much like their rivals in the AFC North. Yeah. Let's talk about them, shall we? Yeah, so the uh
2: the other game I looked at was the Cleveland Browns Chicago Bears and you had the Cleveland Browns beat the Chicago Bears by the final score of 20 to 17. Joe Flacco 28 of 44 for 374 yards passing two touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, Justin Fields, 19 of 40 for 166 yards passing, uh, one touchdown, two interceptions. Rashawn Johnson led the way for Chicago in rushing with five, ca- five carries, 36 yards, uh, no touchdowns. For Cleveland, it was Jerome Ford with eight carries, 20 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, for receiving, it was who else? Amari Cooper with four catches, 109 yards, one touchdown, although not to be outdone. Uh, David. David Njoku, 10 catches, 104 yards, one touchdown. Uh, And then for Chicago on the receiving side, it was DJ Moore with four catches, uh, 52 yards, and no touchdowns.
0: Just uh, a shout-out to JVD. I saw him praising Amari Cooper for his fantasy performance this week. (laughs) And honestly, the Browns might be the luckiest team in football. I'd say so. Uh,
2: And if you're curious how the Chicago Bears fans are feeling, uh, noted Chicago Bears fan Seth Rollins uh, from the WWE, quote, signing off for the season, I hate football, close quote.
0: Well, you have to. Yeah. If you're a Bears fan, I'm, I'm sorry. It's rough. I'm sorry. Like, I, I we do know some Bears fans. Kyle Higgins yeah. from uh, Radiant Black. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's a big one. Uh, I don't bring up football to him because, honestly, with this team, there was potential. Yeah. It is now dwindled away. We're hobbling to the end of the season. Yeah. And this game was a very winnable game for them. Uh-huh. And yet they find ways to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Yep. And it doesn't even come down to that Hail Mary. No. The fact that you let the Browns put up 13 on you in the fourth quarter, yeah, said it all. Yeah, you had a collapse late yeah. when you're up, when you're up by 10. Yeah, like that. Like that's the biggest problem you have. It was uh, 17
2: to seven after
0: the third quarter. Mm-hmm. So for where they're looking to go now, the Bears just need to think rebuild.
2: <laughs> they need to rebuild
0: everything. Honestly, and I don't know who you're going to get in there as a head coach to do it. Oh, good Lord. I mean, I know Jim Harbaugh's name has been thrown around, him leaving Michigan. Yeah. I will say – if you want me to do a lock and a leap, that is a leap, but I would say that's a very, very high leap. Yeah, like, it, I could it, see it happening.
2: I, man, I don't know because of the thing. I, I, I keep hearing the same name, too, but then the other thing I hear is there's somebody in the front office who was with the Big Ten, mm. and, and they weren't exactly fans of each other. So there would have to be a proverbial burying of the hatchet. You know, if that were to happen, which hey, weirder shits happened.
0: CM Punk and Triple H, yeah,
2: CM Punk, Triple H, you know, uh, Bret Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels, mm-hmm. to name a few. But yeah, I don't, I don't know who. Knowing the Bears, and listen, the Bears fans, I'm sorry. Knowing the Bears, it should be somebody high profile or at least like, oh shit, like that's actually a good signing for them. You know, or a good pickup for them. It might take a couple of years, but it's a good. It, it won't be. It, it'll be like some coordinator from a team where you're like, really them? Why?
0: No, I agree with you. They need to go out and get somebody in there to really establish a culture of winning. Yeah. I don't know who you go get, to be honest with you, because uh-huh. the only the only hot coach names that I hear is Harbaugh, if he leaves Michigan. Right. Whatever the drama, if you want to believe it, with Belichick. Don't buy that for one guy, right? Second. And then Bettamy from Washington as uh-huh. the OC, but I think that he is the heir apparent to take over because I think, unfortunately, Ron Rivera is gone at the end of the Watch season. Watch
2: it be McDaniels.
0: If if it's Josh McDaniels. Josh should be McDaniels. Bears fans I'll already tell you just start skip. start the countdown. Skip, just don't even bother. You know, I would say this if Antonio Pierce is not going to be the guy Ooh, in Las Vegas, that that'd be a good one. Even though I think he should, I think he'd be a perfect fit. Should be, but knowing the Davises like we do. Right, that's the only thing I would I would be fearful for him there. Yeah. Even though I think he he's a great coach. You see the performance that those teams are doing for him right now. He'd be great in Chicago Mm -hmm. if the Raiders were foolish enough to let him go. But the Raiders are going to do what the Raiders want to do. We don't know their ideas going into the end of the season. Yeah. But Chicago just needs a lot. And I think, unfortunately, for Justin Fields, the experiment's over. Mm Mm-hmm. And his wide receiver core is not giving him any help, especially when they had a very catchable Hail Mary. They hit the receiver right in the numbers, and then it went away. Right. On the flip side, though, the Browns are – the cardiac kids, if you will. Yeah. They're not winning pretty. They're not winning <laughs> good. It ain't sexy, but uh, hey, win's a win. A win is a win.
2: Nobody Outside of Browns fans, nobody remembers how the game ends. All anyone remembers is the record.
0: Exactly, and that's all they need to do. I will say this. I think they are for real because of their defense. They they got a real good defense. Yeah. Other than that, their offense does not scare me one bit. No,
2: God, no. Like, Njoku's good, and, and listen, as a... Amari Cooper, a fantasy owner, once upon a time in the last couple of years, he's good, and he'll show up for a couple of games, but then he'll disappear like he got lost on his way to the stadium mm-hmm. for multiple games. Yeah. So, and, and realistically, that's why this game kind of surprised me is because the way it went is because, listen, Cleveland's receivers aren't studs. You know, you got Cooper, you got a but after that, it's a, well, who have you got? Mm-hmm. And, and while, yes, I realize the Bears' secondary isn't exactly, you know, the Chicago 85 Bears defense, mm-hmm. realistically, if you're a defensive coordinator, you've really only got to plan – if it's a passing play, you've only got to really plan for two guys, Njoku and Cooper. Yeah. So the fact that you got burnt like you did is kind of surprising.
0: Well, that's the problem that the Bears have been trying to address. I mean, they did go big in free agency Yeah. to try addressing the needs. and yeah. I mean, is it really panning out? Debatable. No. I mean, I'm going to try spinning it very nicely. But I think if you're trying to stay where you rack or rank up with the rest of the league, mm-hmm. the Bears, I mean, they just got a mess going on. I mean, the Browns, that's the only thing that's their saving grace. Because Flacco, yeah, he's having a great comeback story, so to speak. Mm-hmm. But three is greater than two. Three I mean, interceptions to two touchdowns.
2: Yeah, I mean, but if you want to ask how it's going for Chicago, let me just put this to you. In the NFL draft this year, in the top ten, they've got two of the first ten picks. For the Bears, For, they got the number one overall right now by way of the Carolina Panthers because of the DJ Moore trade. Mm-hmm. But on their own pick, they've got the number five right now. Well, so if you if you want to know how the Bears are doing this year,
0: there you go. Well, that says it all. But you know what? I think they have to get somebody in that front office is very smart yes. because if yes. if they somehow blow these two first round picks, oh. like their franchise is going to be set back five seasons. And,
2: and fans are already like, I don't want to say they're like pitch forks and torches ready to like cause a ruckus Mm -hmm. but like you think of how storied that franchise is and the players who've gone through those halls and worn the colors and just like the ring of honor and everything else the last 20 30 years what have they got to show for it you know the 2006 season where they lost to indianapolis and that's it in the super bowl like okay the one great player you had you know devin hester you know, might make it in the hall of fame, but uh, you you never know. He's a special teams guy. It's kind of a, that's tough. It's tough. tough. And then the only other guy you had that I, at least I can think of, you know, Khalil Mack, but he's not there anymore. You know? So what the, what have you got to show for it? So, you know, for bears fans, I can understand how it's hard to get excited each year just because, okay, you got DJ Moore, you got Justin Fields, but here you're sitting on the outside looking in, you know, with a, a, what is the record five and nine record and you're in last place in the NFC North and, yeah. and you've got two picks in the t- first 10 picks of the NFL draft.
0: It's a tough, it's a, it's going to be a long road ahead of them. Yeah. Easy way to say it, but yeah. they're going to be on the outside. Obviously watching in the Browns control their own destiny. I mean, that's, yeah. that's the, that's the big takeaway here yep. that the Browns, as many injuries as they've had, as much controversy as they've had this season, Ooh. they're still in contention. They control their own fate. And then looking at their schedule, I think it's favorable for them to make moves. I'd say so. But anything could happen on a Sunday.
2: Uh, So uh, for the Browns, their last three games of the season on Christmas Eve, they are on the road playing the Houston Texans. Uh, Then on Thursday, December 28th, uh, this one will obviously be on Prime Video, they will be at home playing the New York Jets. Uh, And then Week 18, uh, Sunday, January 7th, they are on the road playing the Cincinnati Bengals.
0: That last game is going to be real telling. Uh Uh-huh. I think that is going to eliminate one of those two teams from the playoffs.
2: Probably. Uh, And for the Chicago Bears, uh, on Christmas Eve, they are at home against the Arizona Cardinals. Arizona coming to Chicago on Christmas Eve. Have fun with that one. Yeah. It's going to be cold. Uh, Then on New Year's Eve, they're at home against the uh, Atlanta Falcons. So Atlanta, have fun freezing your ass
0: off.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, And then Sunday, January 7th, they are on the road playing the Green Bay Packers. Boy, Hmm. did that not pan out like the schedulers thought it would.
0: Oh, exactly. I think they're expecting a lot more drama to be had there, but unfortunately not so much. Much like the Sunday night game we had this week. Yeah. In primetime, which I'm sorry I I will make a bold statement. I do know we have certain folks in Jacksonville that listen to us. Yeah, we do. Your team is not ready for primetime. Nope. I'm sorry. Let's oh. let's let's not kid around about this.
2: They ain't gonna get another Sunday night game for how long was it? 15 years. Yep. Not it, gonna get
0: another one for another 15 years unless a miracle run happens and you're at the stage 14 and 0. It's not going down.
2: If they're 14 and 0, something has seriously like gone topsy turvy. Well, let's talk about this game because ooh, yeah. So the Baltimore Ravens beat the Jacksonville Jaguars 23-7. Uh, Lamar Jackson, 14-24, 171 yards passing, one touchdown, one interception. Trevor Lawrence, 25-43 of for 264 yards passing, one touchdown, no interceptions. Trevor Lawrence also led Jacksonville in rushing with four carries, 41 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, surprise, surprise, Lamar Jackson led Baltimore in rushing with 12 carries, 97 yards, no touchdowns. Uh, for receiving, it was Isaiah Likely uh, with five catches, 70 yards, and one touchdown. And for Jacksonville, it was Jamal Agnew with two catches, 70 yards, and one touchdown.
0: Like I said, ugh.
2: yeah, I would say Jacksonville not scoring till the third. Mm, less than ideal.
0: Yeah, this was not a fun game to say the least for primetime. Yeah. Baltimore proved why they're the best in the league, arguably. At least in the AFC.
2: Also, if I'm not mistaken, let me look. They also, they got the X next to their name. Yes, they did clinch a playoff berth with this win.
0: Mm-hmm. And this was a the game they knew they had to pull out. Jacksonville has potential. Mm-hmm. But I fear we've been saying that for a couple seasons now. Yeah. Obviously, if you're playing in the AFC South, the South is a wide-open division. Mm-hmm. Nobody is really scaring anybody there.
2: No, God, no.
0: Houston has been the surprise of the year. But then you've got the issue with C.J. Stroud. Right. So if Stroud's not there, Houston's coming back to earth really quick. Uh-huh. Tennessee is hey. just trying to finish the end of the season. They're just trying to make it there without losing any more quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. They're failing right now. And then we have Indianapolis. Yeah. Which, let's face it, um, the most boring team in football is there. Yeah. 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 So Jacksonville has all the potential in the world to do this with – what Doug Peterson's been doing there. Uh huh. But they just can't get the job done. And I'm sorry. I know Trevor Lawrence did get hurt in this game. Right. But still, this was just Baltimore inflicting their will. Yeah and really proving why they're in the elite class of the AFC, if not the NFL. Well, and
2: I forget what was going on. I couldn't try and look it up because I have Travis Itane Jr. on my fantasy team. Something was going on with him during the week where, like, it wasn't 100% he was going to play. Because I kept getting notifications of, like, he, you know – he would be good to go and then he was questionable or whatever else. So like some so, he he clearly wasn't a hundred percent or he was good enough to go, but he wasn't, you know, at his full potential. He only had ten carries and thirty-one yards. Yeah. You know, which very low for him typically, you know, when you look at a game. So, you know, clearly Baltimore figured out fairly early, all right, we don't have to worry about Etane Jr. Mm-hmm. on the ground. So they're pre- you know, are you really that scared of uh Ernst Johnson? You know, or Tank Bigsby; those are the other two guys who got uh, you know, rushing credit for Jacksonville, and and obviously Trevor Lawrence went hi, QB spy, and you're good. Mm-hmm. You know, so all you got to worry about is Trevor Lawrence and his arm beating beating you. But like, then again, is there anybody on that team outside of maybe Zay Jones who scares you in the secondary? You know, sure, Jamal Agnew. Okay, cool. You got seventy yards, but it was on two catches and two targets. Mm-hmm. Eh, eh. Calvin Ridley never been that much of a barn burner. You know, Evan Ingram, Giants fans enough know enough yep. about that name. You know, so it, it really just is like, oh hey, let's just play our game. There's no way they can beat us.
0: Well, there was the 96 million dollar man, but I don't see him even catching the, the game.
2: He is not even on the list
0: of receivers. Yeah, I don't know if he's hurt. Uh, I think he might be. He might be. So I, I think
2: I think he's got a what is that? what is that? I think he's got a something with his ribs or his or his chest.
0: Okay, something like that. All right. Well, then, like I said, we'll excuse that because I mean, if they had the full lineup in there. It might have been, you know, somewhat improved. Right. Somewhat. But this is what Baltimore does. They don't do anything flashy. They just go out and grind wins. Oh, uh, yeah. He's uh Christian Kirk's on the IR. Oh, he is. Because of, of his groin. Oh. Something happened with the groin. Oh. Yikes. Fair enough. Uh Speedy, healthy wishes to you, sir. Yeah. But we go right back to Baltimore here. And this is the story of them looking really fine-tuned, well-running machine uh-huh. of football here. Because, like I say, they are going and, impl- and implementing their will. They're playing very smashmouth style football. It's not flashy. They're winning the games they should. This is a contender, yeah. and they they definitely. It's
2: like a good division leader.
0: Yeah, they definitely want to make sure that they're not slipping up anywhere where Miami or anybody else could leapfrog them to get number right. home field advantage. Right. Baltimore is going to need that if they're going to make a run in the playoffs. Yeah, and, no, they will. And they need obviously to stay away from the injury bug. Hmm. Albeit though, uh, oh. Keaton Mitchell. Yeah, horrific injury. Very much. Uh, Speeding healthy wishes to you, sir. Wish I hadn't seen a uh, still image of that. Yeah, that was yikes. That was absolutely frightening. Yikes! Uh, if you try searching it on the web, you have been forewarned. I would not do it. Just trust do us. Do
2: so at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Although, hey, well, I've got a shout out. Nelson Aguilar, no catches,
0: no yards, one target. Thanks for showing up, guy. Yeah, well, I mean, boy, they're... am I familiar with that. Well, exactly. Lamar knows what he's, he has to work with, and he's making the best of it, and that's why he is in that MVP talk. And in case you're curious, Odell Beckham Jr., one catch, 14 yards, three targets. Right. He's making it happen with whoever is available to him. Like I say, this, yeah. this is very basic football. It's not boring, though, because Lamar is making a lot of plays happen because of his mobility. Mm-hmm. That As long as Lamar is healthy, they're going to win some games, and they're going to make a run. Yeah. Could they get to the Super Bowl? Absolutely. But – it's going to be a tough one in that AFC
1: uh-huh. because
0: the real question I have is when they have to face a Miami team. Yeah. A very high powered offense and not saying the Ravens can't contend with them, but I want to see how that matchup goes because uh-huh. that'll be the true litmus test. So as long as the Ravens stay healthy, they're going to win games like this. And like I say for Jacksonville, thanks for showing up. Yeah. Um, Completely not ready for prime time. Nope. And I think unfortunately when they get in the playoffs, they're going to be one and done mm-hmm. no matter who they're facing. But the schedule is obviously we still got a couple more games with both teams.
2: Yeah, we do. Uh, in this instance, I will start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, this upcoming Sunday on Christmas Eve, they are on the road playing the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. New Year's Eve, they are at home against the Carolina Panthers. Then on uh, week 18, they are on the road playing the Tennessee Titans.
0: A very easy schedule
2: uh, for the Baltimore Ravens. Christmas Day. p.m. Eastern on ABC. On the road, San Francisco 49ers.
0: That's the 8 o'clock game, right? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I was going to say there's no way that's not in prime time.
2: Yeah, so you've got the number 1 overall seed in the AFC taking on the number one overall seed in the NFC.
0: Wear uh, a mouth guard.
2: Uh potential Super Bowl matchup, you might say. Oh yeah, yeah oh easily. I agree with that.
0: Potentially, yes. Uh then after that,
2: on uh New Year's Eve, uh they, they are at home against the Miami Dolphins.
0: That's the game I want to see. And then uh, Sunday, January 7th, Week 18, at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Depending on how those two previous games go, Baltimore, I could see sitting some starters.
2: Well, you got to figure it. It's, it's definitely, if we're talking percentages, that percentage is definitely ticked up a little bit more, just with the sure fact that they've clinched a playoff spot. And I would imagine by that point, if, if they are able to pull off the next two weeks and wins, They'll have they'll have the number one seed locked up because that'll because if they win the next two games that'll put them at what thirteen and uh thirteen and three yeah there's no there's no way anybody else in the that AFC
0: is catching them right there shouldn't be so like I say they control their own destiny the only yeah because the only way
2: Miami could catch them is if Baltimore loses out and Miami wins out because if Miami wins out that puts them at 13. Uh, what is it? What would it be? Uh, 12 and 4, 13 and 4, something like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And, and that put Baltimore at, and if Baltimore loses out, that put
0: uh, them at like 11 and 6. As long as Kansas City doesn't get there.
2: Uh, Kansas City's, I just want to point out one thing. We'll talk Kansas City in, in a minute, but I just find it hysterical that the same week you and a lot of people were are moaning and groaning, we're going to see Kelsey bowl too. They both went in the shitter for three weeks. Yeah. Just I just think that's funny.
0: Well, you know what I? I'm just saying we put that karma out in the world. Nothing against the the Kansas City fan base, but I'm just saying if Kansas City has to go on the road, I just want to see him go on the road. Yeah, that, that's and what I want to see. Mahomes has never done it in his career. Uh huh. That's all Super I Bowls want to see. Super Bowls don't count. Super Bowls don't count. Yeah, because I don't know if I have the same success as one Baker Mayfield did. Hey. Going to the cold tundra of Lambeau Field Mm -hmm. and putting on a record performance as my leap. Thank you, good sir. Let's talk about it.
2: Yeah, so the Tampa Bay Buccaneers finished with a final score of 34-20. Baker Mayfield, 22-28, 381 yards, passing four touchdowns, no interceptions. Quarterback rating of 158.3. That is the highest quarterback rating for a visiting quarterback, in Lambeau Field history, mm-hmm. you think of some of the names that have gone through those those doors. Yep. It's a hell of an accomplishment, sir. Oh. Uh, Jordan Love. 29-39, uh, 284 yards passing, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Aaron Jones led the way in, uh, for rushing in Green Bay with uh, 13 carries, 53 yards, no touchdowns. Rashad White led the way for Tampa Bay with 21 carries, 89 yards, no touchdowns. And then for receiving, it was Chris Godwin, 10 catches, 155 yards, receiving, no touchdowns. Uh, and then Dontavian Wicks uh, led the way for Green Bay with six catches, 97 yards, and no touchdowns.
0: I know Packers fans were screaming about firing the defensive coordinator. Hey, I think after this kind of performance. um, Unfortunately, you got to give it some thought. Yeah. Baker Mayfield made this look like he was back in Oklahoma. Dude was playing Madden on easy mode. He had a hell of a game. Kudos to him about this. And Tampa Bay somebody's got to win that division (laughs) by default by default they're looking like at least they might be over 500 so it'll justify the position
2: the division slightly better than it was last week because last week nobody was below 500 this week half the division's at 500 so that's running in the right direction uh and currently the tampa bay buccaneers have the division lead and are the number four seed in the nfc and they win the tie break over new orleans based on head-to-head win percentage
0: In
1: Mm. in case
2: you're curious why Tampa Bay is technically the division leader.
0: I'll take it. And you know what? I think that this is rightfully so. Baker's had a very Uh low-key resurgence in Tampa Bay. So, you know, kudos to him. On the flip side, I mean, obviously Green Bay we knew was going to be rough. rough. And their defense is not looking great at all. When have they been great? They've been at least – Covered by the blanket competitive. of... Competitive? Yeah. When you have Aaron Rodgers behind the helm that throwing helps. up 35 a game... <laughs> that helps. That helps because that takes away a lot from the opposing team. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, Jordan Love is not there yet. No. He's played very well. Plays a similar style. Plays a very similar style, and he plays well. Yes. He's not on that level yet. No. And he needs some help around him. Now, granted, this is Green Bay. Unfortunately, that doesn't usually happen. <laughs> hmm they go through the draft like there's not a shot. It's just yeah, being honest. Just being yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah. So that being said, he's going to have to do a lot of work um in the, over the next couple of years. Yeah. That defense does need help. I don't exactly know where you start. Huh. But you're going to need to make a change though by the end of the season.
2: Yeah, no, I would say so and it's going to be it's going to be rough to try and do anything through the draft just because, like, you can get some guys, but it's not a surefire guarantee. Because right now they have the number eleven pick in the draft right now.
0: Yeah, that, uh, so like, I mean, they could they could make some moves in the right direction, but it, like it all depends yeah. on what their GM wants to do. And, and let's face it, he likes to roll some dice. Yes, he does. In, in our opinion, like with some of the picks, it's like yeah, high risk, high reward. So yeah. just
2: saying that. Uh, so looking at these two teams' schedule for the remainder of the regular season uh, on Christmas Eve, uh, the. Tampa Bay Buccaneers are at home against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, New Year's Eve, they're at home against the New Orleans Saints. Then week 18, on the road playing the Carolina Panthers. So we'll get at least probably two wins.
0: I I would say two. Two. That's fair.
2: Uh, And then for the Green Bay Packers, this upcoming Sunday, Christmas Eve, they're on the road playing the Carolina Panthers. New Year's Eve, they are on the road playing the Minnesota Vikings Sunday Night Football, as I mentioned before.
0: Well, wait to see.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that could get flexed. Yeah. Uh, And then Week 18, they are uh, at home against the Chicago Bears.
0: I would be shocked if that Week Seventeen game doesn't get flexed to Baltimore, Miami.
2: I that could be. Let me see who else is going to be playing that week that they could put. You know, just to yeah, sure, sure. Just to consider, uh, Jets and Cleveland. No, Detroit, Dallas. That's already on Monday. They won't flex that one out. Uh, New England, Buffalo. Uh, any other year, probably. Any other year, maybe. Any other year, yes. This year, no. no. Atlanta, Chicago, no. Vegas, Indy, no. Rams, Giants, no. Cardinals, Philly, no. Oh, Saints box no. Niners, Commanders no. Panthers, Jacksonville, <laughs> uh, Dolphins, Baltimore. That's like you said. That's the one consideration. Ten- yeah. Tennessee, Houston, no. Pittsburgh, Seattle. Any other year, probably. Uh, Chargers, Broncos, no. Cincinnati, Cincinnati, KC. Again, any other year? What, yeah. You? Any other? Well, if 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 Burr was playing.
0: If, yes. If Bur- no. If Burrow was playing, yeah, that'd be a that'd be a lock. But I will say this: if Browning wins next week, I mean, yeah, I, I mean, depending on how how far if, in advance I got to say they're flexing. We're, if
2: we're talking percentages right now, yeah, yeah, it's it's 49 in favor of Baltimore Miami getting flexed.
0: Oh then. yeah, well, the Baltimore Miami is the better game. That yeah, f- head and shoulders, it's the better game. Yeah, I just don't know if they'll do it for TV rights and such. But I'm just saying, yeah, like could in be. comparison, could be. I think that that'd be the smarter play to go for Sunday night. Just Yeah. Saying. Yeah.
2: Uh, And then we got to go around the rest of the league and uh, wrap up this week in the NFL. Uh, Looking at the Thursday game, Christ Almighty! (laughs) Sorry, Chargers fans, y'all got your ass kicked again this season, losing by
0: the final score of sixty-three to twenty-one. Well, where do we want to start here? Uh, This did result in the Chargers head coach getting fired. Offensive coordinator? No, the defensive coordinator got fired. Mm -hmm. The GM got fired. Everybody got fired. Yeah. Um, I do know that one listener wants to know about the stats, So Austin Eckler, uh, five carries, nine yards, and he also had four catches for 29 yards. That's not good. No, it's not, especially without Justin Herbert in the lineup, but it really wouldn't have mattered. Uh-huh. This was just absolutely brutal, no matter how you want to, to define it, however you want to say it.
2: I mean, less it was a good game from New England Patriots West jacoby myers one passing touchdown brandon bolden one rushing touchdown jacoby myers one receiving touchdown uh what was it uh josh jack jones had uh had an uh interception and a pick six so for the new england patriots west real good game
0: oh absolutely i'm wrong no exactly the raiders showed up and did their thing and like we touched upon this got brandon staley fired Obviously, this was the move they had to do. Dude should have been fired at halftime. Oh,
2: okay. it was it was forty two to nothing at halftime.
0: And like I said, you can try making an argument. Well, Justin Herbert didn't play. It doesn't matter. It doesn't
2: matter. You you don't get your ass whooped You don't get your ass like that and keep your job.
0: First and foremost, if you're new listening to the show, thank you very much for checking us out. One thing that has been a staple since we have started doing this over the past six years. Before that, we started this. Even before, the Chargers are the most inconsistent team in football. Uh huh. And they have so much talent on both sides of the ball. They should be basically the Kansas City Chiefs, even from the Philip Rivers days. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Where they had Antonio Gates and
2: Landenian Tomlinson and Philip Rivers, Rivers and everybody else on that offense.
0: Everybody on that offense and that defense too was lights out. Pun uh-huh. intended. Uh huh. The fact that the Chargers have never been able to figure it out is a travesty. Yep. And Staley coming in was supposed to be the end-all, be-all to fix it. And he was clearly not. Uh Uh-huh. And granted, they've had some injuries, Uh but... Nothing that really was knocking them out of contention.
2: I say, let's not forget there was the, I remember very vividly the one playoff game the Patriots had against the Chargers, where mm-hmm. I believe it was in the second round of the playoffs because Patriots had a bye in the first round. Yeah, the second round, divisional round. Every pundit on TV is going, "Oh, this is the Chargers' year. Go Chargers! Oh, Chargers, Chargers! Forty-one twenty-eight Patriots. Yeah, and it's not the first time. I remember another year. This is this was in like the 2000s. Where it was Philip Rivers and company, where everyone was going, oh Chargers, 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 didn't do shit then.
0: No, it didn't do anything. And that like I say, this is the well. They also couldn't stop a screen pass. <laughs> yeah, there was that too. Let's let's talk about that some other time. But this goes back to the Chargers are just always going to be in that same. They're literally the Minnesota Vikings of the East. Yes, or the West, I should That's say.
2: That's a very good comparison,
0: honestly. But this has been something they've done for over ten years. Yep
2: excuse me easily like
0: easily this is the problem they're going to be they're and this is going to be the situation depending on who they get as their head coach next season oh yeah because they're going to need to get somebody in there i just don't know who it's going to be it's not going to be belichick (sighs) i mean honestly honestly even if he goes there i don't he's not gonna be the guy to fix it
2: listen that report that came out they're like oh belichick's on the on the outs and that yeah that came off a dude in new england in, in uh boston who was no sources no insider telling him anything. That was him going off the interview Pat McAfee did with Robert Kraft on college game day.
0: Uh, a lot of allegedly's there. Uh-huh. So we'll just leave it at that. Allegedly, allegedly, allegedly.
2: He ain't going nowhere.
0: Well, like I say, we'll worry about that in the offseason and, and see what actually transpires. But for the, for the Chargers, I mean, there's nothing nice to say about this. Uh, it's a rebuilding time. Enjoy the offseason. Yep. Next up.
2: Oh, then you had the uh, Indianapolis
0: Colts beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 30-13. to Well, Gardner Minshew had a, a great game. Um, Learn how to throw a, t- a pass, though, dude. Well, you know, that's going to be the, the problem that they have. The Without Jonathan Taylor in the lineup, they're very, very... One-dimensional? T- yeah, to put it mildly. Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to find a better word to say, but honestly, that's the truth. And the Steelers, let's face it, they are a, <laughs> a, a fading... They're a hot mess. Yeah, they're a fading ship right now. They're gonna just sink right into the bottom of the NFL ocean, so to speak. Currently seven and seven. Yeah, but you know, if they're they're gonna be the ones if they're still in the playoff talk, they're out. They're they're done. Yeah. Sorry, just putting it mildly.
2: No, well, is what it is. Uh then on the uh, last of the Saturday games you had the Detroit Lions beat the uh Denver Broncos forty two to seventeen.
0: Let's ride.
2: Jared Goff. Ooh. Five touchdowns, two hundred and seventy eight yards. Ooh. Gibbs, a hundred yards rushing on eleven carries with one touchdown. <laughs>
0: Fuck. I mean, I thought the Broncos were supposed to be the resurging team, and we're going to the playoffs. Oh, snap back to reality. Yep. Oop, oop, there went gravity. Yep, exactly. Uh, this was all Detroit. This is why Detroit is ten and four when uh-huh. their offense is clicking. They're downright scary. Yeah. And this is uh, this also brings up shades of Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. Yeah. Put up this many points, your defense can be. Eh, yeah. And you you know what you look like a rock star, so you know yeah. kudos to them.
2: Uh you had the Houston Texans defeat the Tennessee Titans nineteen to sixteen in overtime.
0: And also, who was the quarterback of the Texans for this? Case Keenum. Exactly. The Minneapolis miracle. Right? Hey. That was him? Yes. Okay. So
2: this wasn't even CJ
0: Stroud. Uh,
2: didn't even I don't I don't remember what it was, but I know he didn't travel with the team.
0: Uh, I believe concussion protocol. Oh, that's what it was, right? If, if I'm not mistaken, yes. Uh, but either way, Texans—they're winning without him. This—what can you say? It's great win for them. Tennessee fading fast. Uh, they need to do some retooling in the off season. I think there'll be a change of the head coach position as well.
2: Probably. Uh, then you had the Miami Dolphins beat the New York Jets thirty to zero
0: without Tyreek Hill without Tyreek Hill and this is the game that Aaron Rodgers said, "You know what? Ah, I think I'll take the season off."
2: Uh let me ask you this. Allegedly. Are the Jets that bad or are the Dolphins that good? Jets are that bad. Okay, cuz a little little factoid for you. Uh the Miami Dolphins scored 17 points before the New York Jets were able to gain a single yard on offense. Showing you the showing you the photo mm-hmm. that it was 17 to nothing with you know, in the, in the game. Miami, at that point, had 132 yards of total offense, and the Jets, minus one.
0: Well, the problem is that offense doesn't have a great quarterback. Nope. I'm sorry, Trevor Simeon is not the guy. Zach Wilson, definitely not the guy. Oh, hell no. So, when you're only saving grace is Brees Hall, and you can't get him the ball enough. Six carries, 12 yards. Exactly. Exactly. Like, this whole team went all in on Aaron Rodgers and unfortunately crapped out. It's and, not- I'm, and I'm
2: sorry, even without Aaron Rodgers, there they're the Green Bay Packers of the AFC. Yeah. Because Aaron Rodgers is great, you know, and, and he makes a lot of players look good. But you look at the receiving core, and outside, there's no, like, serious number one there. If, if Stop me if any of these guys seriously, like, scare you. Mm-hmm. I'll read off the entire list here. Xavier Gibson. Garrett Wilson, Alan Lazard, Tyler Conklin, Jeremy Ruckert, uh, Israel uh, Abin Abin Kanda. uh, Apologies if I butchered that name. Dalvin Cook, Brees Hall, and Randall Cobb. Yeah. Like, there's some decent names. Like, Garrett Wilson's good. He's good, but. Alan Lazard's not bad. Yeah. You know, and Randall Cobb is a shell of his former self. I don't know why they're keeping him around other than, you know, a a contract. Mm Mm-hmm. But but seriously, there's no number one receiver on that team. There's not even a number two.
0: Yeah, there's nothing.
2: Garrett Wilson's at best a three. Alan Lazard is at best a, somewhere between a two and a three. Mm-hmm. There's there's no. And then you look at the the run game. Ain't been shit all year for the Jets.
0: Well, that's the whole situation with them. Their offense has been abysmal. And and honestly, Miami is a good team. Like listen, they're a great team. Yeah. I'm not going to take anything away from that, but if you're saying, like, in the comparison, the Jets are just that bad, they can't contend.
2: The Jets have cracked 100 yards rushing this season twice. Once against Buffalo, that was Brees Hall, that mm. was 127 yards. The other time was against Denver in Week 5, where that was 177 yards. Yeah. Every other, The next closest one after that is, and I'm just running, these are just the high rushers, which obviously would be the number one. The next closest one was against Kansas City Week 4, where it was 56. Yeah. That's a drop
0: off. It's a complete drop off. So I mean, that's the situation that they have, and they're not going to get better. They're unfortunately, I think Salal is gone next season.
2: Um, I think the OC. Well, you know, the, the OC,
0: OC has to go. The
2: OC's got to go. That might piss Rodgers off. Well, but it is this, what it is.
0: I'm sorry. At this stage, you got.
2: This is where you have the inmate run in the asylum. OC's got to go. DC's got to go. I can see keeping Salah, but on a real short leash.
0: Well, that's the only problem that you're going to have to really have a short thread. Because Salah, I can understand keeping because let's face it, he's
2: never had a decent quarterback his entire tenure with the, oh, J- sure. with the Jets. And the instant he got a really good quarterback, a great quarterback, and when you look at the class that's currently in the NFL, mm-hmm. he lost him in the blink of an eye. So I can see keeping Salah around for next year, but on a real short leash with, with like the potential of like, hey, listen, if this is a repeat of last year, you're
0: gone. Well, I think the only problem that you have is if you keep him, it already looks like he's lost the locker room.
2: Oh, I agree 100% there. So
0: I don't know if you want to even take that risk. Right. As bad as it sounds. And listen, I'm not, I'm not saying I want to see anybody lose their job. Right. But in this circumstance, he's lost the locker room. Yeah. The fact that he, and I understand why he did what he did. Oh, I do too. Because he had to defend Zach Wilson. Yeah. But you can't do that when your locker room is that volatile that they're expressing themselves all over the place. Yeah. And it's a bad look from whatever vantage you are watching them on.
2: Like, it's, 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 you don't need to go full Belichick or, no, or even like a full Tomlinson. Tomlin, you mean? Yeah. Sorry, Tomlin. But like, you can't exactly be buddy buddies with the guy.
0: Well, there's a problem. The in how he did, he was trying to defend his quarterback to give him some confidence. Sure, but at, which at, is fine. At some stage, though, you you just you have to say no comment and keep eh. it moving. But it's New York; you're not going to have that luxury. No. And unfortunately, this is a situation he knew coming in. This is what's going to haunt him. That unfortunately, he like I say, I think they have to move him. I just don't know who you put in there in, right. this, in this position, right? And you kind of go from there because if you're going to have Rodgers come back,
2: because he said today on Pat McAfee show he's not coming back this year.
0: Right, I said he's done. But it also depends on what they do in the off so, But the owners, get a halfway
2: decent backup.
0: Well, the owners just have to do what's best, what's for the best interest of the team. They can't worry about Rodgers and if he's not coming back. Yeah. At this situation, they'll have a decent enough draft pick they can go get a quarterback if they want. Yeah. So. If I'm the Jets, that's what I'm focusing on. And if I piss off Rogers, so be it. I'm not worried about him. No, I, you no. can't because you, you know what—you mortgaged your entire team on him playing this year. Injuries happen. Unfortunately, he crapped out. Is what is. Yeah. But if you want to try rolling the dice again next year, then you do it. Hey, good. But then if it, Go but give it a shot. You're also having another 42-year-old coming back from a major knee injury. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, I'm sorry. It just, it, it speaks for well, itself. The, the Achilles, not the knee. What? Same thing though. Yeah. Leg injury bad. Yeah. At a, his a, age. A,
2: a, an integral part of playing quarterback.
0: Exactly. So if you want to take that shot, roll the dice, but I'm telling you right now, I just, I would uh, just go all in and rebuild. Yeah. No, I agree.
2: Ship him off to Minnesota. <laughs> uh, you had the New Orleans Saints beat the New York Giants 24 to six.
0: Tommy DeVito come back to earth. They. Yeah, this was not a good game. Hey. Uh, any which way, shape, Someone's going to be
2: sleeping with the fishes,
0: uh, so to speak.
2: Someone's uh, going to uh, get some uh, concrete shoes.
0: Yeah, this was not exactly the uh, fair, about, fairy tale story. About
2: the only highlight of this game for Giants fans was DeVito's agent suit.
0: Yep. That is the only thing that you can really brag about with this.
2: Uh, or, or was that the Notre Dame uh, Irish mascot? Co-
0: I, Coach, I can't tell. Coach Duffy needs to declare this on, on Twitter or X or whatever you want to define it as these days. No this is all Saints nothing really right home about Giants yeah. are bad Saints are a little better and they showed
2: uh then you had the Carolina Panthers beat the Atlanta Falcons nine to seven
0: if you had tickets this game why
2: yeah uh, they were going for forty five cents apiece
0: ah uh, still um I I don't even want to spend time on this the score speaks for itself yep uh who is Atlanta
2: what is Atlanta Ugh.
0: Atlanta's six and eight yeah that's 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 what Atlanta is.
2: Uh, listen, Carolina, just need you to win a couple more. I'd love that number one overall pick. Yeah, just saying. Uh, you had the L.A. Rams beat the Washington Commanders twenty-eight to twenty. Bum, boom,
0: boom, boom, Uh Matthew Stafford looked great. Yeah, uh, like I say, two fifty-eight Softy- and two. Yeah, solid win for the Rams. I well, mean, uh, Williams one hundred and fifty-two and one on the ground. Yeah, Oof. I mean the Rams could be low-key scary. Well, if they were in any contention. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. Like, they're in the seventh seed right now. Right, they're in the seventh. So, depending on who they get that first round, maybe. But I'm not expecting them to run. Right. They, they just they don't have enough wow. talent.
2: <laughs> they get the Cowboys if they make it in today. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about the
0: Cowboys in just a little bit.
2: Uh, then you had the San Francisco 49ers beat the Arizona Cardinals 45-29. to With this win, the uh, San Francisco 49ers did win the NFC West
0: division. Best team in football does what best team in football does. Uh-huh. Enough said. Uh,
2: then we obviously mentioned the Sunday night game, uh, and then the Monday night game was the Seattle Seahawks defeating the Philadelphia Eagles 20-17. Shout-out
0: to Drew Locke. Who
2: the hell needs to know their starting quarterback is up until game time? Not the, Not the
0: Seahawks. Gritty performance, all heart, listen, loved what he did at the end there. Uh, this was not a pretty game by any stretch of the imagination. God, no. But Locke made it happen. The Seahawks played really well. Jalen Hurts did not have a great game by any stretch. Um, I don't know if he was still dealing with his illness. Probably. But this is a game that obviously a lot of people are questioning Philly moving forward. I just say this is proving the Seattle is low-key a better team than people are giving them credit for. Uh-huh. And that's kind of all that really needs to be said about that.
2: I'll say for Jalen I think Jalen Hurts was still dealing with, you know, his
0: flu, sickness, whatever it was. Yeah, he didn't look right.
2: Because I've got him on fantasy, and he didn't switch from questionable to huff health, to healthy on fantasy until after like six thirty
0: Eastern. Yeah. He just he just didn't look healthy. No, he didn't.
2: Uh and then obviously we gotta talk our two games uh for the Patriots and the Bills. We'll start with the Bills, uh, where they defeated those Dallas Cowboys thirty one ten.
0: Okay. This proves that you cannot take a week off after a big win in the NFL. This is true. This is what Dallas did. Dallas was still feeling themselves after beating Philly. They thought they were going to come in and just be able to turn it on like a switch. They didn't put any effort into this. They played with no heart. No. The Bills are literally getting fired up, motivated, however you want to define it, because they got rid of their offensive coordinator. Josh Allen's playing with more confidence. Yep. The defense is the bigger story. Uh Uh-huh. The defense stepped up with all the injuries they had. They got very physical with the Cowboys early, and Dak had no answer for it. Right. And this is the the biggest telling point of the game, that they got punched in the mouth and they had no response because Dallas was coasting off the the big win last week. Uh Uh-huh. And when you let the Bills jump to that big of a lead – they weren't going to have a collapse in uh-huh. the second half. And you can argue about some of the officiating. The officiating was bad on both sides. Yeah. Sorry, it was uh, it was bad on both. Yeah. But this is where Josh Allen played smart. He let the game come to him, but when the Bills running game is looking like that of the Pittsburgh Steelers of, yeah. of yesteryear. Yeah. Dallas, you have a problem. Might be the most rushing yards Buffalo's had in like the last 3 years. Oh, easily. Well, I think the telling sign was the first touchdown yeah. Where you shoved Murray how many are eleven yards pretty much? Something like that, yeah. Right into the goal line. Like you had no answer. And Deion Dawkins literally took down one of your defensemen the entire way. Yeah. That like, I'm sorry, when you're getting bullied around like that and you don't fight back, it's it's an easy win for Buffalo. You you know what happened. They hit a
2: motherfucker in the mouth. Yeah. And then, then they hit him again and again. And again, I, I, and love, again. Yeah, I love I love the fact the Bills didn't light up. Hey, uh, De- uh, Demarcus Lawrence, how'd that work out for you?
0: Yeah. Just saying. Exactly. Just saying. So Dallas, I mean, this is a very bad loss for you. Um, yeah. But for the Bills, I mean, my only question is where has this team been all year?
2: Yeah, too little, too late, possibly. Well,
0: like I say, I think they're currently at the 11th seed for the playoffs. Something like that, yeah. So they do have a slim chance to sneak in, depending on how the AFC North does. Right. Uh, So currently the Bills are in second place in the AFC East.
2: Record of eight and six, and looking at the playoff standings, they are currently the number nine seed.
0: Oh, so they bumped uh, up the nine.
2: Yeah, they, uh, they're they behind Houston at the eight, who has the similar record. Houston wins the tiebreaker over Buffalo based on best win percentage in conference games. Uh, and then they're also behind Indianapolis and Cincy, who uh, both have the same record. Uh, since he's is is six because they won the tiebreaker over buffalo and indianapolis based on head-to-head sweep division tiebreak was initially used to eliminate houston indianapolis wins the tiebreak over houston based on best on head-to-head win percentage
0: yeah so i mean the bills need some luck to get in they need a lot of help they do need a lot of help i'm not saying they're going to punch their way in i know that it's kind of been like the uh hot pick this week right everybody's now back on the bills bandwagon right after jumping off and the sky was falling this team has got potential. They just needed to clean up some things, and they needed some defenders to step up and do some plays. Yeah. That's what you got here. Dallas took them too lightly. Let's say when they're all dancing dancing around at the, in the pregame show, you knew there was going to be a long game. Yeah. So good luck to bounce back because, obviously, you got uh, a tough schedule ahead of you yeah. for Dallas.
2: Yeah, Dallas has not got the easiest of schedules. I believe they've got – I had it up here I'm just a They got Miami. Yeah, they got, they got Miami. I know the commanders are in there as well. Uh, and then there's somebody, there's somebody
0: else on else. Right, there. but the big one is Miami. Yeah. So we'll have to wait to see what happens there. But the Bills, obviously they have a tough task ahead of them. Uh, so, yeah, the uh,
2: Cowboys got Miami next week on the road, Lions at home the week after that. Then they've got the Commanders to close out the regular season. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then for the Buffalo Bills, they have got the next couple of weeks, they have got the uh, Chargers on the road uh, this upcoming week, uh, that's actually on Thursday.
0: Uh, it looks like it's on. No, week. no, a Saturday. Oh, it's that's a, it's oh, the rare right. Saturday night oh, game. That's right. It's it's Saturday. Uh,
2: then uh, the week after that, at home against the Patriots, and then on the road playing the Dolphins to close out the regular
0: that season. That Dolphins game just got really, really interesting. Yep, really interesting.
2: Yep. Now we're gonna talk about my game, although there really ain't much to talk about uh, because the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Patriots twenty-seven to seventeen. Well, I mean, I'm surprised it wasn't more.
0: Honestly, I am too, but this goes to show Kansas City is not as good as they have been in years past. Mm-hmm. and I'm sorry, even the Taylor Swift effect did not uh play too much, <laughs> even though I will say this. I will give her a very big shout out, yeah. the reaction for the no call against Travis Kelsey in the end zone that was that was wow okay, uh, yeah. I completely agree with her. Yeah, and I liked seeing her, you know, react like that.
2: I will say about the only thing I enjoyed seeing about this game was her dad was at the game, mm-hmm. and because I guess it was like her birthday recently or something. Yes, uh, her dad was passing out birthday cake to the surrounding boxes. Oh, that's cool. Which was nice.
0: Yeah, I've heard nothing but nice things when she goes to the games. Yeah. Like, um, from even uh, I'll
2: say she tipped hundred dollars yeah. to the, the stadium
0: worker. Like, listen, so seriously, shout out to her. Yeah, and, but I like that you know she's really embracing the game and really like was being a fan. Like I said, it wasn't even worried about cameras, mm-hmm. dropping some f bombs. Like let's go. But yeah, Kansas City uh, obviously not as good as they once were, but good enough for this game. And obviously keeping their slim hopes alive for going uh, having home field advantage throughout the playoffs. But, but let's face it,
2: yeah, uh, Kansas City next couple of weeks against home against the Raiders, home against the Bengals, on the road against the
0: Chargers. Well. <sighs> Three winnable games, but depends on what a team shows up. I would love to see the Raiders pull the upset off. Uh huh. Meanwhile, Patriots still got the number 2 overall draft pick. That's what matters, folks. All right. There you go. Come on, Carolina. <laughs> indeed, indeed. A lot of headlines coming out of this week of football, so definitely hit us up on that hashtag, hashtag ODPHPod. How is your team going into the playoffs? Are they even going at all? And, obviously, let's get a recap of how you thought your teams did this weekend. I know I was getting hit up on the social media accounts by a lot of our listeners, so definitely keep that up. And, obviously, on a short week, anything could happen. So let's talk about it. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back.
1: Hey, all. I'm Frank. Join me and my friends as we talk about all things geek. Here at Geek Freaks Podcast, we go over the weekly news of everything in geekdom, from movies to TV, video games, and comic books. We also have a growing YouTube community. Join us as we go over everything in your geek life and share in the love of geekdom.
0: Coming back for another segment on this edition of the ODPH podcast, and we have to recap an event that went down this past weekend. Boy, oh boy. The preview was on the ODPH Patreon, but we definitely have to give you our reactions to UFC 296. Uh Uh-huh. What a crazy night of fights out in Vegas. Jesus. Let's talk about it, Pad. So
2: this one taking place from Las Vegas, Nevada, at the T-Mobile Arena in the fabulous Nevada, United States, uh, with 19,039 in attendance. Yes. UFC 296, where, of course, the headline was Leon Edwards, Colby Covington, and all the fireworks they had going on before the fight. Uh, co-main was Alexander Pantoja against Brandon Roy Val. But the first fight we're going to talk about uh, opened up the main card. It was in the featherweight division with Josh Emmett knocking out Bryce Mitchell at 1 minute and 57 seconds of the first round.
0: This was the cleanest right hand I think I've seen thrown oh in my quite some time. God. and Not even
2: a, not even a stumble or like a, uh, uh, no, just
0: dropped. No, he was literally unconscious uh-huh. and, and twitching, which was scary. Uh, I think the last time we saw that was Uriah Hall in the Ultimate Fighter. Yes, probably with, with that spinning heel kick he did on the one gentleman. Yeah, this was a, a great win for Emmett. I didn't think he was going to get this. Obviously, Mitchell getting knocked out. Ooh, uh, Emmett just got back on the radars for the featherweight title. Mm-hmm. I'm going to put it out there. Currently, the number six seed. Yes. So definitely kudos to him on that. And we'll have to see where he winds up. But the featherweight division is wide open right now. This
2: is true. Uh, next up was in the lightweight division where you had Patty Plim- uh, Pimblett defeat Tony Ferguson via unanimous decision. Uh, all three judges scoring the contest 30-27.
0: <sighs> see, this one hurts because I think we all have to come to agreement. Tony Ferguson needs to retire.
2: Yeah, no, I agree. Tony Ferguson, for me, is one of those fighters where it's a what could have been. Mm-hmm. Because let's not forget, huh, you know. Turn the clock back, not even that long ago. You know, yeah. within the last five six years since we started this show, you know, it was in talks with facing Habib Nurmagomedov. Yep, and how that fight tried to happen five or six times, never did. But now he's like getting knocked out by like up and coming stars like Patty Plimblett. Which listen, like you can you can make the argument he's established, he's a known star, but to me, eh, not really. He's he's there, he's getting there, he's on his way, mm-hmm. but. You know, yeah, Tony you need to go.
0: Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, Tony has a lot of tread on the tires. Unfortunately, injuries really hurt his career
2: like a uh extension cord.
0: I mean, let's face it. I mean, it's, it's the truth though. And it's it's sad to say because he was always a great fighter. Holy fuck. I just looked up his
2: record. God damn. So, 35 matches, 25 and 10. He is on a 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 fight Losing streak. Yep, lost to Justin Gaethje in 2020 with via TKO. Then he lost to Charles Oliveira via unanimous decision that same year. Lost to Benil Darush, uh, via unanimous decision in 2021. Lost to Michael Chandler via front kick knockout in 2022. Lost to Nate Diaz via guillotine choke submission that same year. Then he lost to Bobby Green via arm triangle choke submission. That was in uh, July of this year. And then you've got the Patty Plimblep, uh loss. His last win wasn't even really like a knockout. It was a doctor stoppage against Donald Cerrone in June 8th of 2019 at UFC 238. Hmm. Jesus. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole thing. It's it's, (sighs) And even before that, he beat Anthony Showtime Pettis, although that was a corner
0: stoppage.
1: Yeah.
2: So his actual last, like, there wasn't shenanigans involved win was a Triangle's Choke submission win against Kevin Lee on October
0: 7th, 2017. It's a tough thing because when you're a fighter like Ferguson, who, I mean, he's not on a Cerrone-type level, like anytime, anyplace. But he always goes in and he leaves it all in the cage. Uh-huh. I understand why the UFC hasn't cut him, but I think it's at that point you need to reassess and, and go from there. I just yep. and I hate saying this about Tony, but it's 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 at that stage. Like he he did not look great in this fight, in my opinion. Nope. And Patty, I mean, let's face it, I know the UFC is very high on him. He's very charismatic. Yeah, he is. Uh he's still not in the top fifteen though. Nope. So I imagine he's going to get somebody on that whole 11 to 15 range. Yeah, 11 to 15, maybe even 7 to 10. I could see. I mean, if they re- I mean, they do want to skyrocket him, but I, I think they're going to be smart. So I think he gets somebody in that 11 to 15 range. Sure, Because sure. he's got to get somebody there to start building a, a rep. Because, I mean, Tony, he's a name, but it's – it's it, a it, name of yesteryear. Exactly. So, I mean, that's the only thing about that. I mean, great performance by Patty, but yeah. at, at the end of the day – that's where he needs to do. Cause Currently
2: he, undefeated in the UFC. Yeah. Uh, One. Oh, no. Sorry. That's not the UFC. That was Cage Warriors 122. One, two, three, four, five and oh in the UFC. Yeah. So. Not bad. Last loss in uh, professional career was in September 2018. Yeah. That was uh, for Cage Warriors 96. Uh, it was a unanimous decision loss.
0: Well, like I say, he's gonna to have to do some work to to get his name up there. But obviously, yeah. he, he does bring an audience with him. So this is true. So I think it just depends on who would be the a great matchup for him, depending on what they want to do. Uh-huh. like I'd love to see him against Bobby Green at 14. I don't yeah. know if that's gonna happen. But like I say, they they have some names up there. I mean, Javier uh, Dos Anjos would be an interesting choice. That'd be interesting. If they really want to push him up that high, uh, Benoit Saint Denis. Yeah, that's another great one they could do. Um, or Mike Morcano. like I say, it's going to be somebody in that range. Yeah. And I think that that's the only smart one. I don't think Patty has put on a performance that skyrockets him into that top 10. Right. Even though I do agree with you, Pat, I could see him getting like a Dan Hooker. Yeah. Or, that, that's, or, kind of,
2: that's kind of what I was thinking, like a Dan or, Hooker or Jalen Turner. Yeah,
0: somebody in that range. Yeah,
2: Fezaev, uh, you can even make it anything higher than Fazayev yeah.
0: who's number eight, is, t- is pushing. Yeah, you can't do that. You no. can't do that.
2: Uh, next up was in the welterweight division where you had Shavkat Rachmanov defeat Stephen Thompson with a rear naked choke submission at four minutes and fifty six seconds of
0: the second round. Uh, this was tough because Wonder Boy, the nicest fighter in all of MMA history, yeah. came out with tenacious D. Oh my God, Jack and, Black in his corner. Yeah, all, yeah, both him and Kyle yep. came out, and uh, which you know he's at the end of the road when when that's going to oh, happen. We come. But.
2: To the end of the road.
0: Sing it, Pat. Sing it. But it, this is a situation that, obviously, cat if you are really high on him, this was a great Ooh-hoo. test for him. And UFC's high on him. Well, you know, he's undefeated, 18-0. And and Currently the
2: number three ranked fighter in the welterweight division. Yeah, he
0: got he got jumped really high up the card, which, I mean, rightfully so. I'm not, yeah. not going to argue that because, let's face it, Wonderboy was in that top five. Yeah. So this is a huge win for him, especially when you're undefeated. The question now you have to ask is, okay, where are we going from here with him? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's a situation that with Shavkat, you could go, or I'm sorry, against Leon Edwards, um, yeah. like in that division. You you have to kind of take a look at where you could go there. Mm-hmm. With being in that number three position, Leon, I, I don't think he's going to get a title shot there. I would not doubt going off the rankings here. Like What I would honestly do is put him against uh, Kamaru Usman. Okay. Do him against, uh or that, or Burns? Okay, I know Burns has a fight coming up though. Isn't Usman taking like an indefinite time off thing though? He is, but you never know. Like I think if he throws that challenge at him, especially right. at, at welterweight, because I anything if Kamaro like try stepping up to weight classes, it's going to be a different situation. Yeah. I just think at this situ- uh, this time, the Shavkat fight's very interesting. I know, especially if you want to get him in that title picture, right? you could definitely make that happen. Mm-hmm. Um, like I say, the Gilbert Burns idea, because um, like I say, to my knowledge, they have never crossed paths. For Shavka, uh, yeah.
2: let me take a look. Nope, that's Camaro, Nope, that's Leon. Give me two seconds. I don't have that page open. Uh, let's see. Because um, like
0: I say, as far as I know, they've never crossed paths. That would be a great matchup for him.
2: S- let's see. Stephen Thompson, Jeff Neal, Neil Magny, Carlston Harris, Michael Preseus, Alex Oliveira, Tiago Uh No, they have not faced each other.
0: That's what I was going to say. Because... Maybe it was in talks, and then somebody got hurt or something. Could be. That's where I'm kind of going because I—that's a fight I would make. But I know Burns is already booked for something. But obviously, you can kind of move yeah. it if you need to. Usman would be a real test to see if he's the real deal. But yeah. obviously, being at the at the rank he is, that would be a fight you'd have to make. I—you can't give him Leon. No. You know, obviously, out of the gate. Because like I was saying, I was I'm looking at the rankings and obviously seeing Sean Strickland right next to him, and obviously his uh Saturday night was very interesting. <laughs> uh, hey. Which uh Dana White made one very big faux pas.
2: Yeah, he sat Sean Strickland and Driscus
0: Duplessis within striking distance of each other. One thing if you're not familiar with Sean Strickland is Sean Strickland is not loose cannon. Yes. Uh, he's nuts. He's crazy. But you know, he is who he is. I always kind of say he's he's kind of like a, a mix between uh, Dan Henderson and Wanderlei uh, Silva. Oh, uh, yeah, that's a good, like that's a, a good comparison. Like I say, just personalities. Just like I say, he's yeah, yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. he's very, very well grounded. Very, just you know, like let's go. Yeah, and du- Duplicis was put in back of him. Um, Sean caught wind that there was a taunt going on, and somebody said somebody must have said something. Oh yeah, I mean that's all the whole problem. You got all the fighters around each other. Somebody's going to trash talk. Somebody's going to somebody's going to do something. Yeah, and uh, Gilbert uh, or I know Sean uh, kindly asked uh, Gilbert Burns' his family to move out of the way. Uh huh. And then he decided to jump two rows in back and start beating the holy snot out of Duplicis. Yep. So uh, that fight just got very interesting. Um, oh, yeah. We'll have to kind of wait to see how it plays out from there. And like I say, he kind of almost stole away from the main events we're going to go talk about. But, yeah. But uh, with Shavkat, though, it's a good win for him. And, yeah, but like I say, it's kind of stolen a little away from the spotlight because of Mr. Strickland. Yeah.
2: Uh, then your co-main event of the evening was in the flyweight division where Alexandra Pantoja uh, retained his uh, flyweight title, defeating Brandon Royval via unanimous decision. Two judges scoring the contest 50-45, the third scoring it
0: 49-46. Pantoja looked great. I know Coach Duffy was very upset because he is a Brandon Royval guy. Yeah. But, I mean, what can you say? Pantoja is is looking all the signs of a, of a dominant champion. Uh-huh. And this is a great fight. Like I said, they had a great scrap. And this is what you want to see out of this flyweight division because I know a lot of people just sleep on it a lot. Yeah. Which, it's sad because they do put on great fights, but you're not going to have, like, the big heavyweight knockouts. Right. But for what you get here, like I said, Pintoja looked good. Roy Val, it's not a bad loss for him, but it's kind of like, where do we go from here? Yeah. And that's going to be a situation that they're going to have to kind of ask some questions here in this flyweight division because it's not exactly the deepest. No. But... Obviously, I think you just have to see how, how a couple different fights play out because, I mean, looking at their rankings, yeah, it could go a lot of different directions, but I think you, you have to have like almost like a mini tournament, so to yeah, speak. Yeah, yeah. To see who's going to jump up there.
2: Yeah, because, I mean, I'm just looking. There's a couple names in the, even the top ten that uh, Pantoja has beaten, so tournament might be you know the best option.
0: Like an unofficial one, but like yeah, I say, if, yeah, if, you know, yeah. if number two beats number four and number three beats number five, they have to yeah. fight and go – Get Pintoja after that. Yeah. Like you have to do something like that where you have to go get a free agent and bring him in. Yep. Which you never know. Yeah. I mean, I could always hold out hope D- Demetrius Johnson comes back for one final <laughs> run, but that's just me.
2: Uh, then your main event of the evening was for the welterweight championship with Leon Edwards defending his belt and defeating Colby Covington via unanimous decision uh, with all three judges scoring the contest
0: 49 46. Listen, I'm just going to put it out there. Fuck Colby Covington. Yep. Thank you. Uh, That will be our new F the Astros today. Colby, I have nothing nice to say about. Um, He crossed the line at the press conference with Leon Edwards talking about the death of his father.
2: Uh, Alluding to it. I don't think he outright said it, but
0: he said enough that if you knew, you knew. Yeah. So, Leon, who I I can't take credit for this. This was coming from Ariel Hawani. Okay. He referred to uh, Leon Edwards as the Tim Duncan of MMA. Oh, brother. Just just technically sound, doesn't say a lot of trash talk. Um, Yeah like, listen, I can't fault him on this. Edwards put on a hell of a performance, and he literally made Colby look like Colby had no right to be in the cage Mm -hmm. at all. And this was a great win for Leon Edwards. And I think now the question is, uh, as far as Colby goes, uh, he is officially on gatekeeper status. There's no way you, yeah. can, you can get him back in a title picture.
2: I mean, listen, I can't take credit for this take. This comes uh, from Shaheen Al-Shadi, who is the deputy, deputy editor at MMA Fighting. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said, uh, and I quote, Colby Covington is ultimately someone with zero signature wins, zero wins over currently ranked welterweights. 0-3 oh, in title fights, whose entire reputation was built off two losses, who's on the wrong side of his 30s in a young man's division. It is what it is. Close quote. It's
0: true, though. It's true. Like, he is the prime example. If you can make yourself into a character, yep. you can talk yourself into a fight. And that's what he did. Yep. And I'm sorry. He is a character. He, uh, you can go around all social media and you can find reactions from many fighters that know
2: him (laughs) Oh, yeah,
0: and they all kind of allude to the same thing. So I'm just going to kind of leave it at that, that he is going to fade away, go somewhere. I don't know. I mean, they'll put him on like the only kind of thing he'll
2: he'll show up on a, on a main card for like a, a uh, pay-per-view, but I, I don't think they're going to give him another title shot. There's no
0: way you can give him a title shot. No. He's in gate. He's in gatekeeper status. Mm-hmm. Like if you really wanted to do something, even though I think it'd be a foolish fight, you'd put him against Shabcat.
2: Oh, listen, I want that fight.
0: Yeah, fucking feed him to Shabcat. You let Shabcat just eat him alive. Or you know what? If you want Trainwreck TV, him and Connor. Catch wave. Oh Wade. my
2: god. Just let him go
0: talk on a presser.
2: Why are you trying to make me root for Connor? I'm just saying that's like, like the one. Like listen, I don't hate Connor. I don't love Connor. I don't actively root for the guy. But like that's the one instances I would root for Connor. Yeah,
0: like I say, you 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 want Trainwreck TV because that's all you're gonna get from Colby now. The pressers would be amazing. Well, oh, that's the only thing that's gonna be good because both those two will just say stuff off the off the cuff. Yeah, no, have no regard for what they're saying. I'll say, put it on on live TV. Put it on a fifteen second delay. Hmm. I mean, that's the only thing. If you want to try drawing ratings, because otherwise, Colby is a gatekeeper. Yeah, that's all he's gonna be now. So he's gonna be somebody that up and comers beat to get higher up the the card. Pretty much. And honestly, they could make a case if they want to do that with Shavkat. Yeah, you know, I think it'd be a waste of Shavkat's time. To oh, be honest it,
2: with it would be. But yeah, it'd be worth seeing.
0: Oh, it'd be worth seeing. Absolutely, I think anybody anybody in that top four, if you want to put against Colby, just to say you did, except uh-huh. Usman. Like I, I could see Burns fighting him. I could see Shavkat. I could even see Balil. Yeah, if they wanted to do that. Except though, I think the fight you have to do now with Leon Edwards is Balil Muhammad. Probably. Obviously, there's the history with them and the eye poke that you never knew what was going to happen there. Mm-hmm. Belial is much like him. Um, you're not going to get a lot out of for uh, press conference and press clips. That's true. You'd have to put on a light heavyweight or a heavyweight belt before him. like They'd have to be the co-main, as crazy as that sounds, because you're not going to... You're not going to tune in to see him just really go out there and put on a performance, unless you're a diehard MMA fan. You want to ca- you want to capture the pop culture audience, you're going to have to put on a different fight ahead right, of them, Right, But that's the only fight that makes sense to me, looking at the rankings.
2: Yeah, no, it's, it's the only one that makes sense. I was looking at it, too. It's the only one that makes sense.
0: Yeah, I mean, Gilbert Burns, you can make an argument. Weirder, weirder shit's happened, though. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, <sighs> the, only, the only thing more psych- <laughs> psychotic would be is if Edwards wants to go up and try fighting Strickland. Oh, God. but I, Which... Listen, I mean Strickland's down to fight anybody. Strickland is that kind of, of course. Crazy. That
2: could all get thrown out the window in about another month here.
0: Oh yeah, because Strickland and
2: Duplessis is on January twentieth.
0: Oh yeah, right. Uh, no, it's, I was going to say the week before Super Bowl.
2: Nah, eh, it might be. Let me look at the calendar. But
0: uh, but yeah, so it's the signature January one. Yeah, like January I say, January
2: twentieth. No, it's it's about two. It's like two weeks before the Super okay.
0: Bowl. Okay, but but either way though, I mean you could have that fight Te- and then. Technically three, and then see what happens there. Because I say the middleweight yeah. division. I mean, that's one nice thing with Strickland as champion. You got some contenders, yeah, depending on what you want to do. Yeah. But I think I but I think Edwards is going to stay at 170. I don't see him going up. Right. And I think obviously he does have some fights down here that makes sense. Shabcat is won, but I don't think you're gonna give it to him now. Uh uh-huh. But Lil, you have some history, you can sell that to the fans. You right. you absolutely can. Um Burns is a wild card, but you, he's somebody that you can plug and play as you need uh uh-huh. Depending on how – you, I, like I say, I'm pretty sure he has another matchup against somebody, though, top, top of my head. Probably. Uh, like, I want to say it was uh, uh, meladina Oh, yeah. Okay. I think. Could be. They just announced a couple fights before we went to air, so I apologize, right. folks. Either way, though, there are some fights coming out of this that are definitely going to generate some buzz. Yeah. And then we just kind of have to wait to see how things play out from here.
2: And we're not far away. Uh, April 13th of next year, UFC 300. How crazy is that? that it legitimately feels like it was just yesterday. We were planning on like our watch party for UFC 200. Yeah. That which is insane.
0: Yeah, I know, just think how fast time has moved. Yeah. And how the sport has evolved and how you're seeing certain fights in the UFC pan out right Maybe now.
2: Maybe we'll finally get our Brock Lesnar versus Daniel Cormier fight.
0: <sighs> <laughs> no, there there's another dream one. Like I'll put this up at the Reddit page society. Hit us up on that hashtag and let us know your dream th- dream fights for UFC 300. Uh-huh. Cause there's a couple that I've had like rattling around if we could do it, but, okay. but I'm going to wait till we get closer for it. Ooh. But yeah, no, Brock, Brock would be one if you wanted to come back.
2: Well, listen, he did 100, he did 200.
0: I mean, they, they could definitely make something happen. And I know everybody's going to say, well, Endeavor owns everybody. Well, they're not going to have him have a wrestling match there. So no, no. it's not going to happen. No. Uh, but there's a lot of fights that could be happening. Obviously, the ripple effect coming out UFC 296 is going to be a big one. I mean, Pat, overall thoughts on the card?
2: Uh, great card. hell of a fireworks show there, going on there, metaphorically speaking. Yeah. Uh, so, and interested to see where things go. There's a lot of stuff up in the air. It's not as clear-cut as it might be under normal circumstances.
0: Agreed. I think that there's a lot of different routes that we can go, and they're going to put on some great fights. The welterweight division looks really interesting now, and then yeah. depending on what happens with Sean Strickland, Uh, I definitely know more people are going to be tuning in for the fight against the So Dana,
2: hire extra security for the pressers.
0: Yeah. Just saying. You might need to with Strickland there, but uh, you're going to get some sound bites nevertheless. But like we say, folks, hit us up on that hashtag. Let us know your thoughts about UFC 296. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You ever wondered what comics Mark from Veil and Mai is into? What Zach from Left Behind's favorite
2: MCU movies are? Well, Metalcore Nerds is the show for you. My name is Sean Mott, and here at Metalcore Nerds, we cover the latest things in pop culture, whether it be Star Wars, Marvel, DC, AEW, and everything else in between. You can listen to the show every Monday on Adobe Howl at 7 p.m. Eastern, or find it anywhere you find podcasts after it debuts on the radio station.
0: Coming back for the final segment on this edition of the ODPH Podcast, Pad, what you got?
2: Got a couple things to talk about, first of which is obviously being the local minute for sports uh, and looking at the standings for the Federal Prospects Hockey League. That is, of course, the league our local Binghamton Black Bears play in, uh, and they're they're in the Empire Division. Another week, still in first place.
1: Yay.
0: Uh,
2: they currently have a record of 13 wins, two losses, and then three losses in either overtime or shootout. Uh, They're in first place with 44 points. They're ahead of Motor City, who's in second place with 28 points. Danbury is in third with 24 points. Watertown is in fourth place with 18 points. Elmira coming up behind him, though, with uh 16 points.
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: and then looking at the schedule from this past week, they had a couple of games. Uh, both of them were home games. They had a game on Friday, December 15th, against the Danbury Hat Tricks, where they won that by the final score of four to two. Came back on Saturday, uh, December 16th at 7 o'clock Eastern against the Watertown Wolves, where they won that by the final score of. Four to nothing. A uh, couple games this upcoming weekend. Uh, both of them are home games, so you get two chances to see them this weekend if you're here at locally in the 607 area or within driving distance. Uh, Friday, December 22nd, 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern. They are at home against the Watertown Wolves, and then they're back home against the Watertown Wolves. Same time, same place on Saturday, December 23rd. That's 7 o'clock Eastern. So for more tickets, information, all that good stuff, BinghamtonBlackBears.com. Uh, nothing really going on for all for sports. It's kind of quiet, you know, baseball's, baseball's in kind of that quiet mode. Everyone's waiting on, uh, Yashinobu Yamamoto, where he's going to go. I had dinner with Steve Cohen the other night and met with the Yankees. We'll see where he goes. Nothing really going on sports wise.
0: Yeah. It's been very kind of low key of sports. So like I say, obviously in the holiday weekends and uh, yeah. on behalf of everybody here at the ODPH, wish everybody a safe and healthy holiday season. Yes. Uh, it's been relatively low-key. Like I say, the NBA is going to be kicking off for the big Christmas Day lineup. Yeah. So that's going to be something fun to watch. I mean, we'll obviously be talking about that on next week's show. And then, of course, the Rangers, 21-7, 43 points. Sitting very, very pretty on top of that Metropolitan Division oh, yeah. as far as the NHL goes. So, like I say, we'll have some more stories coming out for that. But like I say, other than the Christmas Day games, it's a relatively calm yeah. time of year for sports, except yeah. the UFC. Or I mean, obviously, UFC is year-round. WWE is year-round. Yep. Uh, nothing really super crazy to write home about no. wrestling-wise this week, so we'll be talking about that on Wrestling Night Live, a nerd initiative this week. And then, yeah, just kind of have to play it up a year. But there is some entertainment stuff to go on, even though it's been a quiet week. Yeah, very quiet. There is one story that's breaking that we do have to address, uh, just the initial reactions, I guess.
2: Yeah, so this, of course, is the news that Jonathan Majors has been fired by Disney slash Marvel Studios uh, after the uh, guilty verdicts uh, he received in court yesterday as we record. Uh, Reading from an article on Deadline.com, it reads, quote, Jonathan Majors is out of the Marvel Studios kingdom. The news comes today in the wake of the Emmy-nominated actor being found guilty of reckless assault and harassment in his domestic violence trial by a six-person New York City jury. A studio rep confirmed the news about their decision to not move forward with Majors in the MCU. Majors played mega-villain He Who Remains, a.k.a. Kang the Conqueror, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's Phases 4 through 6. He debuted as the character during Season 1 of Loki in 2021 and uh, then continued on in season two this year, as well as the February movie Ant-Man and the Wasp quantum mania, which made more than $476 million worldwide. Majors also had back-to-back hit uh, in Amazon MGM's creed three in March, which grossed over $275 million. Having stuck with the actor over the months since his arrest on March 25th, WME continued to continue to represent majors. His longtime agent, Ellen, uh, uh, ruspoli testified briefly in majors defense last week as the last witness in the nearly two-week trial he who remains was plotted to be a big baddie during the mcu's phase five and six with the character getting his own movie avengers the kang dynasty uh, scheduled for march or excuse me may 1st 2026 that movie recently saw its director shang chi's dustin daniel Cretton, exit due to his busy dance card on other marvel projects It's TBD in regards to whether Marvel keeps the Kang character intact while recasting the part with another actor. Uh, Michael Waldron recently was tapped to write Avengers Kang Dynasty. This was after being set on the Phase 6 finale, Avengers Secret Wars. The Loki Season 1 showrunner was brought aboard to give the Avengers movies a fresh take given the situation here with Majors. The Season 2 finale, season two finale of Loki seemed to leave the fate of Kang the Conqueror and his variant up in the air. It's not the first time that the studio has had to swap actors out on a, very, on a specific role. Very early on in the MCU, Terrence Howard was cast as Rhodey in Iron Man. Talks broke down for Howard on the sequel, and Don Cheadle stepped in to take over the role in the MCU, playing Rhodey as recently as this year's Disney Plus series, Secret Invasion. Before his arrest in uh, March, arrest, Majors was shaping up to have an excellent 2023. Prior to the tentpole Ant-Man and Creed threequels, Majors won rave reviews for the Sundance drama magazine Dreams, in which he played a disturbed amateur bodybuilder. The movie was snapped up by Searchlight for a December 8th theatrical re- release and awards season run, but it was pulled from the theatrical schedule by the Disney-owned label in October. The picture's fate and whether it re- streams on Hulu remains to be determined. Uh, Soon after his March arrest, Majors was fired by his manager, 360 Entertainment, and publicist, The Lead Company. The actor, who received a Primetime Emmy Actor-Drama nomination for HBO's Lovecraft Country back in 2021, also was let go from myriad projects, including protagonist pictures, feature adaptation of the Walter Mosley novel, The Man in My Basement an ad campaign for the Texas Rangers Major League Baseball team, as well as the unannounced Otis Redding biopic that the actor was circling from fifth season. Close quote.
0: Well, Marvel did the right thing. Absolutely. I mean, unfortunately, with Majors being convicted, you have to release him from his contract. You have to drop him from the role. Yeah. And they have to move forward with their business. Yeah. And I I know I echo your statements about this. Uh, I applaud them for waiting and letting the judicial process play out Mm -hmm. that they did not go completely into a full panic. Yeah. And they let everything play out.
2: Yeah. I mean, they they probably, and we don't know anything. I haven't, we haven't heard anything, you know, they probably did their own investigation or research into it Mm -hmm. behind the scenes. And if they didn't, Hey, let the court system play out and what happens happens. And obviously the, the uh, decision came down, he was found guilty. And at that point you had to let him go. I mean, when, when you're, you're, primary focus is as much as you know comic book movies and nerd movies like these are ultimately family movies you you look at the demographic of like folks who go see this movie it is going to be parents with their kids teenagers Mm. and what have you and you don't want to send a message to those kids to those teenagers that like hey it doesn't matter what you do it's perfectly okay if you if you hit somebody you assault male female whatever and and it's perfectly fine if you assault someone you can still go about and, and, and have a high-paying job and, and benefits from society of, like, being a major move, motion picture actor. Like, no, there are consequences when it comes to your actions, and and now Jonathan Majors is going to, you know, be on the receiving end of those consequences. You yeah. know, he I, I doubt we'll see him, and by that I doubt we'll see him any, anything for quite some time. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to sit here and say his career is done, you know, because we've certainly seen some folks over the years that you would have thought the career is over and done with, but sure. they, they've they've made a comeback. But for you know the immediate future, I doubt we'll see him in anything ever again.
0: I think yeah, for the immediate future, his career is is on hold,
2: Wh- which is wild because you think about it. Even if he did you know a half assed not that great job with Kang. Mm-hmm. Still would have opened him up to other opportunities. I mean, you you look at what happened with Robert Downey Jr. prior to Iron Man. Oh, sure, he wasn't in a whole lot after Iron Man, in a whole lot. But you, and especially you look at the, the the Avengers movie, which okay, knowing the the Marvel movies, how we do, they would have killed him off at some point. But then even they mentioned he was in Creed 3. Mm-hmm. He wasn't killed off in Creed 3. They could have easily done like they did the Rocky movies and brought him back in like a, a partner trainer type role and, and had him come back for something down there. Or hell, do, do another uh, Creed fight with, with him in a future movie. That's off the table now.
0: Yeah. Uh, like I say, for the business aspect of things, yeah, Marvel did the right thing. Yeah. And now I know everybody's kind of speculating what's the MCU going to do next. We'll say. I mean, here's the one thing. Unfortunately, when the situation came about, I am sure Kevin Feige and the powers of B had a plan B set up.
2: Oh, I guarantee you it was it was the heads at Marvel and I guarantee you the heads of Disney were like, "All right, what are what are our options mm-hmm. A, B, and C? You know, what are we going to do depending on how this goes down?"
0: Exactly. So I'm sure that they have a plan in place. Oh yeah, that they'll be exercising at some point. I think right now, I think they're playing it very smart. Oh yeah, by not even addressing it. Oh yeah, because it's they, not.
2: They 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 got a plan. They got to figure out if it's going to work and if and if they go the recasting route, they know they got to find somebody whose schedule's open.
0: Right, which I, like I say, it just it all depends on what they want to do as far as yeah. the movies moving forward. Yeah, because obviously filling in Major's role. And how much of an important part he was going to be, his Mm -hmm. character, Mm -hmm. in the other movies. I mean, you have to kind of sit there and go, okay, what direction are we going to go into? Mm -hmm. So we'll have to wait and see about that. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, with the conviction, Marvel is doing the right thing. Yeah. And Disney is doing the right thing. Yep. They have to. Agreed. And then, I mean, this is something that goes above the movies, like you touched upon. Yeah, yeah.
2: So. It's setting the right example and. you know, teaching the right lessons for kids mm-hmm. and, um, and assaulting someone is not okay.
0: Yeah. So they're doing the proper things right now. And as far as any fan casting and all that about what's going to happen. It's fun. It, it's, it. you know, like I say, there'll be something to keep fans occupied. Yeah. Until we're, we're not
2: saying don't fan cast, but like, you know, don't go crazy with
0: it. Well, like I say, don't go believe in everything you hear right away because yeah. there's a lot of people jumping online saying, oh, Marvel's doing this or Marvel's doing that or. You know, people looking for clicks. Well, exactly. And that's the whole thing. It's Marvel will announce what Marvel's going to announce. Because uh, this isn't exactly... Who, whatever they decide to
2: do, if it's recasting, if it's pivoting, but if we're going down the route of recasting, mm-hmm. this is a, this is a big commitment. This isn't, Hey, do you want to do a movie? We'll see how it does. And if we want to bring you back for future movies, right? You are playing the main antagonist for the overarching story. They are telling mm-hmm. you are coming back for multiple movies. So it's it's a commitment. It's it's somebody being comfortable with you know what I'm doing this, but I'm going to miss out on some other projects I might you know really want to do or have looked forward to doing.
0: Yeah. So we'll just have to wait and see. I don't think we're going to hear something till the soonest Super Bowl.
2: Probably Super Bowl. Probably uh, Comic Con next year. Uh, San Diego. San Diego. Yeah, probably San Diego. Uh, I could I could see him doing maybe. a hall.
0: I could see him doing a hall H type thing. Oh, I'm sure. Well, you know if that if that happens and they decide cuz if
2: they decide to recast they're going to have to address the elephant in the room. They, oh, do, yeah, yeah, they absolutely. don't now they don't have to mention him and they don't have to name him. They can just say, "Hey, we're recasting the role of Kang the Conqueror and playing him is"
0: See, I think that they're going to do that. I don't think they do that in front of a live audience. Okay. I think they would release it as a as a either a virtual thing like a yeah, DC fandom Yeah. or they would do it um just via the press, a press release. release. Yeah, that could be. Yeah, I don't think they're going to do that. I think they they're going to want to see fans focused on the big casting announcements and I don't think they want anybody having any lingering feelings from you know this incident right to carry over to right. to ruin that one. That's why I say you'll hear a press release or you might like I say you might see like a, a clip of something alluding to an announcement coming yeah, yeah. at the Super Bowl because obviously I'm, I imagine they're going to do a commercial for Disney+. Plus. You would figure. So I think you'll have something there maybe, and this is like a, a leap. But I think, honestly, they're just going to do it via press release, and I think that's where we'll go. And then Hall H, they might elaborate more about the role and, and such then. Right. But I don't think you're going to see anything before that.
2: They've, they've got a nice window, though, just because in terms of, like, actual – Marvel movies you know yeah they got Madame Web in February but that's not really tied into them next one they would have is Deadpool 3 and that's not until July Mm -hmm. so they've got some nice wiggle room before they really have to start worrying about
0: anything yeah so we'll just kind of wait and see how it plays out Mm -hmm. but like I say stay tuned obviously we'll be talking about that when it gets officially released but before we get into our comic picks it is the holiday season, and yeah. whatever you are celebrating, we wish you nothing but the happiest and safest of times. Yeah, in this you know joyous occasion. Yes, shall we say? Yes. And so, obviously, we wanted to kind of throw in a little fun segue to get out because, like I say, there wasn't anything really going on in the land of entertainment per no. se. Other than that, but we figured we just kind of pass along like our top five movies of the holiday season. Mm-hmm. So, Pat, I'm gonna let you start.
2: So, I'm gonna give an honorable mention. Just because I know some folks might go, I'm like, oh, why didn't you include this one? But like, I like the other iteration better. Honorable mention for me, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the 2000s Jim Carrey movie. Mm-hmm. Listen, I love the movie. It's a fantastic movie. Jim Carrey is absolutely incredible in the movie. You know, Ron Howard did a fantastic job with the movie. You know, every, everybody else in the movie, you know, Christine uh, Bransky was fantastic in it. Bill Irwin. You know, Jeff Tram, uh, Tambor, Taylor uh, Momsen, you know, ever, just everybody in that movie is absolutely fantastic. You know, love the hell out of it. Enjoyed seeing it in theaters. That's my honorable mention. Uh, but then if, you know, for my other ones, for uh, for number five, uh, I'm going to say The Santa Claus. Mm. The 1994 film from uh, Disney with Tim Allen. You know, under I don't want to say underrated, but like. For what it was, it was an interesting concept and it was a definitely a roll of the dice, I feel like. Yeah. Cause you got a guy, Santa quote unquote, dying and falling off the roof, and you know, in steps, Tim Allen taking over the, the role and all the antics that ensue, you know, with, with him gain, you know, gaining the beard and putting on the Santa weight and and the suit and everything else. Wouldn't have thought it would have worked and, and definitely seemed odd. I remember when I because I was a, a real young when this movie came out, seemed odd when I saw the ads for it on TV, but it, it really works. Mm-hmm. I know they did two more sequels, they're okay. Doesn't hold a candle to the first one,
0: no, it definitely doesn't.
2: Uh, for, uh, for number four, uh, I'm gonna say, uh, Rudolph's Shiny New Year now, I underrated movie, it is from uh, 1976, it's from the you know, the, the Rankin movies, the claymation movies. You know, doesn't get as much love as uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer does, obviously, which is on, you know, CBS here in the States every year. But basically, this is Rudolph finds happy. He's the new baby New Year, and he's got to get back uh, to his island before New Year's, before midnight on New Year's Eve. Otherwise, all the calendar stops and the New Year can't roll in. And it's all sorts of antics. They go to, like, different islands where, like, they go to, like, 1776, prehistoric times. It's fun. It's it's low-key, you know, nothing real crazy. You know, plot wise, there's no like huge stakes other than hey, if you don't get baby New Year back back before midnight on New Year's Eve, you know the you know the New Year can't start. Mm-hmm. It's a it's a fun movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, it serves its its, its purpose. Yeah. Uh,
2: next up uh, for no, what am I up to? Three. Yep. Uh, for number three, I'm going to say uh, Rudolph the Red nosed Reindeer. This this one is an absolute classic. You know, it was uh, from uh, 1964. You, if you see it, you know it, you know the songs, you know the voices, you know the characters, Burl, Burl Ives, fantastic performances, Sam the snowman in this movie, along with the songs. I mean, it, it's been, you know, how many years since this aired? You, you still hear his rendition of, yeah. of, of some of those songs on radio and in department stores. Mm-hmm. Absolutely classic of a movie. Uh, go ahead
0: no no I was gonna say it's, it's classics timeless
2: yes. uh, next up I'm going to say uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol for number two uh, came out in 1992 for obviously for the folks at Disney i mean what can i say about this you know brian henson you know, directed the movie i know jim henson was involved with uh the filming of this movie it's got all the muppet characters you know you know miss piggy kermit uh you know rizzo gonzo is in it you know and then you got michael kane playing scrooge mm-hmm. you know and, and the story i heard recently where they were going to film it and michael kane went to uh Went to the powers that be behind the scenes and said, listen, I'm going to play this like a Shakespearean, like it's a Shakespearean play. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take it very seriously and I'm, and I'm going to treat it as such. And they went, perfect. That That's how we want it done. It, it's a it's an amazing movie that every time I, I try and watch it at least once a year, never gets old. Yeah. And, and honestly, Michael Caine, listen, there have been a lot of adaptations of The Christmas Carol over the years. Michael Caine is
0: my favorite Scrooge, I will say. Keen is up there. Yeah. George C. Scott's there, too. Yes. And
2: then lastly, and certainly not leastly, my number one Christmas movie of all time, the 1966 animated TV movie, How the Grinch Stole Christmas, directed by legendary uh, animation icon Chuck Jones. Did a lot of work with the Looney Tunes and, and Merry Melodies over the years. Mm. Uh, but three people in this movie. You've got uh, Dale McKinnon, who voiced Max the dog. June Foray, who voiced Cindy Lou, and legendary actor Boris Karloff, who did The Narrator and The Grinch. If you don't know who Boris Karloff is, well, clearly you haven't seen any of the old monster movies from the Universal days. Yeah, uh, He was Frankenstein in the, in the old Frankenstein movies. He was the mummy in the old mummy movies. He was also in The Black Cat, uh, The Mask of Fu Manchu, among a whole host of others. This movie, start to finish... Absolutely incredible. I mean, you've got the classic songs again. You hear them today on the radio and in department stores. You know, you're a mean one, Mister Grinch. Mm-hmm. You know, sung by I forget the gentleman's name, but he voiced Tony the Tiger for all those years. Yeah. You know, it, it's just a classic of a movie that you read the book, you watch the movie. It's a perfect adaptation. It's
0: it's incredible, and I watch it every single year. Solid list there, Pad. Thank you. All right. So if, let's see from mine. I mean, obviously. I'm gonna go throw in just some honorable mentions, like Charlie, okay. Charlie Brown Christmas, yes. Frosty, Frosty Snowman. Like I say, I remember watching those when I was growing up. Yeah. So like I said, those, I those are Those me. are great. So my number five, the iconic National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Okay. Chevy Chase, and the one-liners that all come out of this. I mean, to this day, it's still one you can throw on there and just laugh hysterically about. It. It's just okay. one of those that really pans out okay. as it goes forward. Up next, we got well. Uh, an animated film okay. that you know comes from the Disney camp, okay? Because it was always one that I would remember. You know, I always thought it was a kind of cool rendition of sure. the classic Christmas Carol story. That's Mickey's Christmas Carol. It's a good adaptation. Yeah, like I say, I don't get into the animated stuff as much as Pat does, but sure. I, but I always remembered that one. Mm-hmm. And obviously, with having a young nephew, yeah, I watched that a lot more with him. Yeah, yeah. You know, growing up, so or yeah, as he's growing up, I should say. So yeah, you know, like I say, that one kind of has, has risen up the list a little bit. Oh yeah. Next up on the list, we got the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Now, I know you're probably going, I threw it up a little high. But seriously, when else do you have the legendary heroes of the MCU steal Kevin Bacon mm-hmm. as a gift? And it just goes from there.
2: Kevin Bacon listed in the credits as himself. Mm-hmm.
0: So, like I say, that one just pans itself out yep. amazingly. Can't go wrong. Number two, it is a Christmas movie. It is Die Hard. Okay. Can't say otherwise, folks. I know the debate is out there. I know Bruce Willis himself has said it's not a Christmas movie. Well, he's wrong. <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. So until further notice, that's where I'm going with. We can have that poll up on Twitter. Maybe I'll throw it up there just for a little fun thing. Sure. And then my all-time favorite Christmas Christmas movie is A Christmas Story. Okay the story of Ralphie and the Red Ryder BB gun. It's on every year. Uh, I believe TNT runs it 24/7. At Christmas.
2: least once.
0: Yeah, it's always on. It's on loop. Yeah. And I will watch it re- every time it's on. It still makes me laugh to this day. So definitely hit us up on our hashtag and let us know what your your favorite Christmas go-to movie is. I mean, there's a ton out there. So we definitely have that. But before we get on out of here, obviously we still got a couple days uh, before Christmas. You can still get to the comic shops and go pick up some stuff. So, Pad, what are you grabbing this week?
2: Uh, This week, from the folks over at D.C., got a couple books. First of which is Nightwing, issue number 109 from Tom Taylor. Uh, This one reads, The dramatic conclusion to Nightwing's pirate quest. Nightwing learns the truth behind the secret pirate society, and his relationship with Bay uh, Bennett changes forever. Plus, an all-new adventure begins in the backups. What's going on with Beast Boy? And why is everyone turning into animals? The tie-in... Uh, Tie-in to Beast World, the thrilling new event of the season, starts here. Listen, it's Nightwing, it's Tom Taylor. Can you go wrong? No.
0: Beast World is a wild story. If you haven't picked that up, I've been reviewing it for ODPH and Nerd Initiative. It is a very interesting story. Mm -hmm. I will say that. But Nightwing, I mean, you can't go wrong. Dan Mora covers, too, I believe. Yes.
2: Uh, And then also from uh, the folks at DC, Superman issue number nine from Joshua Williamson, Uh, Super Armor, Superman's battle with the chain has left him wounded in unexpected ways. But the Lex Luthor Revenge Squad is still forming to save Metropolis. Superman has no choice but to put on a special armor built by Lex. Featuring artwork from Eisner award-winning Nightwing artist Bruno uh, Redondo.
0: Yeah. This looks amazing. Uh, I got a chance to check it. Um, yeah, uh, wild uh, story. Uh, definitely, like I say, the Joshua Williamson run has been really, really cool. And yeah. If you really like a like a throwback style to your Superman, like they do it, but it's very modern. Mm-hmm. And yeah, because I mean, it, it is out today as we're recording. And yep. yeah, if you haven't read it, it's making some rounds on the net. And oh, yeah. I, uh, obviously, the ending. Yeah, we'll talk about it. Uh, hit, hit me up on the social. We'll talk about it.
2: Uh, Then from the folks over at Marvel, you got Amazing Spider-Man issue number 40. This is, of course, the Gang War uh, storyline. Gang War continues. Battle lines are drawn with Spidey and his crew being the only ones who can save all of New York City from the worst super criminals to ever super criminal. But is Tombstone on their side? You won't believe your eyes reading the last page of this issue.
0: Gang War is very interesting. Mm -hmm. I will say that. I I have dug it thus far. And... Yeah, we'll definitely be talking about it on the ODPH socials this week. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, Then you've got uh, Star Wars Revelations issue number one. This is a whole host of authors. Uh, So this one says, from the High Republic to the original trilogy and beyond. Jabba the Hutt, Darth Vader, Mace Windu, Keeve Trennis, Thrawn, and more introducing new characters, new twists, and new turns across all of Marvel's Star Wars line. This star-studded issue puts the pieces on the board for what's to come in a galaxy far, far away. So the authors listed on this book, because this book runs 48 pages,
1: Mm.
2: Uh, Alyssa Wong, Mark Guggenheim, Charles Soule, Greg Pak, Mark Bernadine, Kevin Scott, Ethan Sachs uh, are all the authors on this. So uh, that's
0: a, that's a loaded line. That is a
2: stack lineup. The cover art looks awesome. Can't go wrong with this. So that's going to be definitely interesting. Cause I get the feeling, you know, they're going to introduce some stuff and you might get some shakeups in the star Wars comics coming here. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Uh, then you've got star Wars, Darth Vader issue number 41 from Greg Pak. Uh, this is another one of the uh, dark droids tie-in. So, uh, this one reads more machine than man, a dark droids tie-in Darth Vader has been taken over by the scourge or has the scourge been taken over by Darth Vader. The Dark Lord's journey in the Dark Droid saga reaches its climax with a shocking twist that digs deep into Vader's very identity and future. Hmm. Hmm. So we'll have to see what happens with that. Lastly, certainly not leastly Star Wars, the High Republic, uh, phase three issue. Number two from Kevin Scott at the mercy of the huts, Keeve Trennis captured the Nihil, an, uh, allying themselves with the huts. An old foe returned. Lines are drawn as past missions come back to haunt the Jedi of Starlight Beacon. And all the while, a deadly hunter stalks the battlefield. But who, or what, is the child of the storm? Hmm. I maintain, Star Wars The High Republic, some of the best storytelling they're doing in Star Wars right now. If you have not started, definitely get started and uh, read some comics on it.
0: Definitely some high praise coming from you on that one, Pat. Uh huh. Uh, Starting my list out this week, one of my favorite crossovers. I didn't expect to like this as much as I do.
2: It's it's odd when you kind of pitch it.
0: Yeah, Justice League versus Kong versus Godzilla. Uh huh. Uh, Brian Busolato, Christian Deuce. Uh, this series has been wild, but it's been so much like it's a Hollywood blockbuster. I'd
2: right? hate to be the cleanup crew on uh, following oh, those guys. Oh, my
0: God, yeah. And like I say, if, if you're a very big fan of the MonsterVerse by Legendary, yep. you're going to absolutely love like the matchups they're doing. Like Brian Bustalato is doing some fantastic stuff. He's doing a lot of great things in comics, period. Mm-hmm. We are long overdue to have a chat with him on the ODPH, so... I know I have to reach out to him and get that set up, but rest assured, we're going to be talking to him about Uh, this book, Midlife, No One. A lot of cool stuff he's doing right now, but this is one definitely you got to make sure you keep your eyes off for. Also, a new series uh, that I decided to go pick up because I've been hearing a lot of rave reviews about. And the latest issue is dropping today at Green Lantern War Journal. Ooh. So this is by an author you know very well, Pad Philip Kennedy Johnson. Oh yeah,
2: I've, I've been reading some of the back issues of this. It's very good.
0: Yeah, Montos is on the art. Uh, yep, this yep, is yep. a wild story. It's it's great though. Yeah, it's great though. Like I'm, I'm really mad at myself. I didn't pick this up sooner. And it's a very interesting take about what they're doing with him now working with Steel at Steelworks and mm-hmm. you know, his life post-Lantern, because there's a lot of things happening to the Green Lantern Corps right now. Yep. But this is a really, really interesting issue, so definitely want to keep your eyes off for that. Like I said, the cover alone is just enough to sell you. And then also, I mean, if it's DC, it, it, like how loaded of a lineup did they have this week? Batman, Superman, uh, World's Finest 22. Mm-hmm. Mark Wade, Dan Mora. Like... The fact that if I have to even go on further to sell you on this, I don't know. Uh, We can't help you. I mean, I can't help you. But they're still in the world of Kingdom Come. And if you've never read that story of Mark Wade and Alex Ross painted artwork, it's one of the greatest comics of all time. So the fact they're dipping back into this story has been very cool thus far. Really interested to see how this is all going to play out. So definitely something to keep your eye out for as well. And then on you know the other comic side, things like I say, it's a very, very loaded week.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, over at Image, Skybound Entertainment, you know I love the work they do over there. One of my favorite series of, of it as of late and just the reimagining that they've done with this uh, universe has always been cool. Uh, G.I. Joe, a real American hero. Mm-hmm. So they have been doing some very cool things. Uh, in the return, obviously, is issue 302. So if you know the story behind that, Obviously, uh, Larry Hama is just restarting this series from where he left off and just really hitting the ground running. So if you're into G.I. Joe, no matter what your level of fandom is, this is something you definitely go check out. It's a little more grittier than the pop culture stuff a little bit, but I love it. So I'm really excited about uh, what they're doing here. Also from Image Comics and our good friends over at Ghost Machine, Geiger Ground Zero number two. Jeff Johns, Gary Frank. hey. So this is the last book before the big one-shot gets dropped in January. And then the regular series comes out in April. Um, Well, I should say the new series. I don't know right, how many right. are going to be regulars. But this is when the whole Ghost Machine Takeover happens. Okay. Uh, I can say with confidence we will be talking some more Ghost Machine in 2024. Stay tuned, dot, dot, dot. But in the meantime... This is a great, uh, like, it's the initial days of when Geiger gets his powers. So if you want to kind of get a dive into it, and then check out the uh, limited series that came out a couple years back, this all ties in together. It's great stuff. Um, I'm really excited to see how they're going to finish this story up. Also, Image Comics, yet again, like, Image has got a great week. I'm sorry, folks. Yeah. They're doing a lot of great stuff over there. We're going to the Massive Verse, and this is a story that I do, we do have to kind of give a little explanation for. This is Shift... The one shot, uh, the legendary, I'm already calling him a legend, um, antagonist of the Massive Verse. Uh-huh. So, the original part of this one shot was released during the Image Anthology series of earlier this year. Okay. So, they've put all them together with a brand new chapter for this book. And if you haven't read this, go out and do it. Shift is arguably, I would say, no, let me just put it. He is my favorite villain of all. The Massiverse. Mm. Uh, I love how Kyle Higgins writes him, and when Melissa Flores got a hold of him for the Dead Lucky, I love the pairing of him and BB. Okay. And like, I need more of that together. Uh, Shift is a very interesting character, and especially with how you see, you know, everything play out. Like I say, it's going to be something. If you're in the Massiverse, you, you're obviously going to go pick this up. If you're wanting to get into the Massiverse because Shift is a very big part of it. This is a great point to jump on, so definitely make sure you're keeping your eyes out for that. The comic shop, like I say, there is so much stuff coming out this week, too. Boom Studios has got a great week, too. I know that they have a book coming out called Animal Pound, Tom mm. King and Peter Gross. Like This one's getting a lot of buzz going on with okay. it, so you definitely want to keep your eyes out for that one as well, too. Uh, like I say, Marvel Marvel's doing a lot of crazy things as well. Like you touched upon Gang War, That's that's a big storyline that's going on right now. Uncanny Avengers is is gaining a lot of hype. Wolverine, too. Like the list goes on and on. So basically, what we're just going to say is. If you want your comic recommendations, make sure you're tuning into nerdinitiative.com every Wednesday starting at 9 a.m. and also odpagepodcast.com. We got reviews coming out left and right on Tuesdays and Wednesdays for your comic picks of the week. Comixology, too. I forgot almost uh, the All Nighter number 13 came out. Ooh. So a lot of stuff is happening. So if you really <sighs> want your, your comic stuff, you definitely got to make sure you check out those sites. And as always, make sure you go out and support your LCS wherever you are at. And if you have a pull list, make sure you pay it up for Christmas. Don't leave anything hanging going into the new year. Make sure you pay that all up. Mm-hmm. That being said, I know it's an oversized edition, fusion edition of the show, but it is the holiday season, so we only got one shot to do it. We make it bright. Anything in the meantime for anything else is simple. odphpodcast.com. That's it for this week. So for the one and only Pat Awanjay, happy holidays. I'm your host, Kenem. Ah, fuck the Astros. Thank you, as always, for listening to the ODPH Podcast, better known as the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour. We'll see you next time.
1: Such wasted time swiping left and swiping right on people you could know Cause anyone is worth a damn view worth way more than a picture could ever show You can find the right light, find the right angle And never find your soul And it can feel like a losing battle And this plot is full of holes This modern way of finding love just makes me feel so alone. And I can't be the only one sick of staring at my phone. So look up. fable. Everyone has just one true love. All I know is you're across this table and you're all I'm thinking of. So look up, talk to me a Swipe and ride on people you could know.